Magic Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, hello. Okay, now we're officially on, even though we've been talking for 20 minutes without recording. Excellent. So welcome, welcome. Good. How should we call you? How oh my gosh. Well, my name, my name is Maddie. That's <laughs> Matt Maddie Hansen. I don't know. Maddie. Is there supposed to be some sort of like an official special name that I have here? Do you know what the um uh highest name for God is in the Enochian magic system? Oh, tell me. Tell it's me. mad. M-A-D. M-A-D. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're like. My, my middle name is actually like literally angel too. So that's kind of funny. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, thanks for so, coming on uh, my humble podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really stoked. It's like a podcast that I listen to. So it's an interesting, like sort of a, I did not expect to be the one on it. <laughs> well, friend connected us and i was like whoa i would love to talk to another british columbian uh especially one who's doing like golden dawn magic out in the boonies in the middle of uh two lakes haunted by the famous ogopogo oh my gosh that's such an embarrassing story too have like, you that's, that's the thing that we're known for is the the ogopogo like <laughs> have, have you hung out much with good old mr ogopogo <laughs> you know what i actually when i was younger i used to spend a lot of time like actually because I used to live like right on the lake there so I would spend a lot of time when I was a kid looking for the Ogopogo or like I would I would hope that there were like other cryptids so I would hang out in my backyard all night like trying to well, attract yeah. cryptids to my yard like <laughs> well I think that's pretty cool like you, there's worse things than hanging out looking for the Ogopogo on your it would yard. be cool if I had like actually found the Ogopogo or like if Bigfoot had actually shown up into my yard or something but because they didn't it <laughs> Well, it's like living on on the the shores of the north american version of uh you know loch ness right it's, so it still doesn't feel as cool as that but yeah well <laughs> you can't compete with scotland 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's uh yeah, it's a weird little town that we have going on here. So There's on Lake Lake, about... Lake Okanagan is where you grew up. Yeah, yeah, I did grow up here. I spent um, most of my time on at Lake Skaha. Lake Skaha. Yeah, okay. that's where we would hang out. Oh. We would go camping there every year. Right, right. And have you yeah. ever had have you ever had any like sort of um cryptid encounters? Cuz I know that there is a lot of wilderness. No, here. but I had my my great spiritual awakening there in Penticton during the forest fires in 94. I was right there oh, wow. outside the Pizza Hut and I talked about that on my friend Sean's podcast on uh, the LVX files. Um he dragged it out of me. Um the bastard. What? In Penticton? Yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. in Penticton. Yeah. And then went to my first occult bookstore uh that my mom's boyfriend's friend owned of course and he had like long ponytail and probably spent his days collecting sage in the hills um <laughs> avoiding rattlesnakes and sold us a bunch of books like and potions and oils and candles like you know and that was uh the, the that was the great beginning for me wow that's really interesting wait yeah, so right where down was... the road from where you're sitting right now Oh my gosh yeah that's pretty crazy right that's why i was that like, is so super like cool. let's just talk i was you yeah, someone connected us i was like let's just fucking talk i want to want to talk to someone in fucking Kelowna. and i that's also cool. recorded like drum tracks for my biggest album ever in Kelowna in a studio there really okay so i guess it's not all bad i guess it's <laughs> there's uh there's really good ninjutsu teachers there for if you study bujinkan uh, or ninjutsu there's some it's some good, really good teachers there it's yeah it's very specific <laughs> very rarely but like better teachers there than even in vancouver and we have some good teachers here too yeah plus you I have really, i think a disney studio there now that a friend of mine works in oh yeah 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 i think i've heard of that yeah, i don't yeah. know i i half the time i'm like is it uh is it an area thing like is there just a lack of magicians like like with this specific brand of magic in like bc in general or is it canada or like it's, is this already just a rare thing like yeah like we we're like we were saying offline it's a lack of people overall in canada <laughs> right right yeah right. that's that's the main thing but i mean yeah uh, in the smaller towns it's even rarer I think you'll find larger neo-pagan communities and that sort of thing. Totally. And I, yeah, that's the thing I've, I've tried to connect there and it's just, it's just too different from where I'm being drawn to like learn and, and kind of delve deeper into. So I've just been kind of trying to do my own thing. And a lot of my interactions have wound up being online because of that, mm. which is, it's cool. I'm okay with that. That's okay. Cause then you're like, you're better able to kind of filter through and, and find like your group of people, you know, at least in my opinion. You know, when you have the wilderness that we have in Canada, it does sort of make sense that people would tend more towards outdoor nature forms of practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like uh, I'm from North Vancouver where, you know, it's like I went outside for almost all my ritual work for the first like four years, like just five minute walk and you're in a freaking forest with like, you know, picturesque the people that tourists come to and you're just there trying to avoid drunk high school kids who are falling off cliffs <laughs> you know happens well and i think that just thinking of like uh, from the travel that i have done thinking about the level of like nature that we have here and the the beauty of the nature here yeah, is all it's next it is, level absolutely um i was actually just thinking there was um oh, i'm trying to remember the name of it but there's supposedly a lake in alberta i think in banff 
that supposedly had something to do with um, some of the, like the Archangel Michael, I think, I think it was. Oh, really? That, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking this would be a really cool road trip to go down there and like see, you know, because sometimes you hear some things and you're like, I don't know, this is like a little new agey for me, but it would still be cool to go and like find out from like firsthand whether or not that's like actually a thing. Because Banff is magical. Yeah. Like Banff is yeah. like those places that you would, you would just receive like um, a natural sort of initiation from that place. Like, yeah, I was, I was after, uh, while well, I was there, like back and forth going through there when you tour Canada, right, you get, go through there a lot. And uh, mm -hmm. one time the sound guy from one of the places we were playing took me on a ride up the mountain in Canmore, you know, and showed me the, the cliffs up way from up high. And it was pretty spectacular, pretty, pretty amazing. Like even, uh, yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the best things. It's a, a lot like the stuff in BC, just uh, very magical, powerful stuff. One of my, uh, buddies one of my students was just there and with his family and beautiful place oh my god bam yeah but canmore is like just down the road and that's a cool place to stay because it's it's more affordable and a little less pretentious but it's still part of the same magical valley have you, you been there saying, i i actually haven't no like i'm i'm weird i probably traveled more to like the u.s than i have <laughs> yeah generally me too yeah that's why i did one whole summer of touring across canada was because i was like i have to do this one time you know i um, to be fair, like <laughs> i went yeah. to saskatchewan one time and i was like i've seen enough this is <laughs> I yeah i played i stopped for one day in moose jaw saskatchewan and played and ironically i just got contact from some ghost hunter show um that wants to like do a podcast or connect or something and they're in saskatchewan and i checked out the first episode of their show and mm -hmm it's like we're just down the road in moose john like it's the dark light stuff and the the e-readers going and like i'm like i was in moose jaw i'm just imagining <laughs> the whole province is haunted because it's all a ghost town all the first slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> well you're you're um, in the part of the country where we imprisoned all the japanese in camps during world <laughs> war ii <laughs> i'm sure there's a few angry ghosts there it's actually it's funny that you're bringing up like uh paranormal stuff because i was just thinking about like why not uh, well i mean i'm all for it like that's actually kind of how i started on my journey was like all, like ghost hunters which sounds hilarious looking but, for the ogopogo it would well yeah well i mean i was inspired from like these shows that i would watch with my auntie as a kid like that was like how we bonded as a family like a very normal healthy family to bond over ghost hunting and and, <laughs> and horror movies and things like that and like yeah and that's exactly why i would go out in my backyard and try and like <laughs> you, see, you see you see a massive disturbance on the water in the morning in the silver sunlight and you're like it's the ogopogo but it's just the iron man i just i'm not i'm <laughs> just not sure what the ogopogo would even say to me if i found him you know what i mean like i'm just not sure what sort of a conversation the i know what he would say to you he'd say <laughs> like and subscribe <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd disappear beneath the waves <laughs> oh, fuck but um yeah like growing up like that was kind of how I, I got into magic was like like through that that paranormal and being like I need to know the truth of what's going on because this stuff like I'm watching this stuff on tv and I'm I'm entertained obviously but like <laughs> like I haven't experienced anything and there's only so much of like watching other people and yeah I think I've always been like a skeptical person when I think about it too like I was very much like yeah I'm I'm, I'm kind of entertained but like I don't that's know good. I'm that's convinced. good 
I'm not convinced about this. Like I need to figure this out firsthand. I think that, yeah, that's so important. Like otherwise, you know, you don't want to be one of those people that goes their whole life thinking they've seen things when they haven't really seen it. You know, you want to be skeptical and, and, you know, challenge the level of thing that you can experience. Totally. Like for me, the firsthand experience of something is the most important thing. Cause you can sit there and read a book all day, but then even the, like, even your imagination of that thing that you're reading about, it's not the same thing as like actually experiencing it. So that was like kind of how I set out into this whole path. I was like, well, I watch all these things and I'm entertained by it, but I need to figure this out. I need to see like what's going on. So um, I remember my, my auntie, she had bought like a Ouija board and like that, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, yeah, some interesting things kind of uh, came from that. So like, I initially, it was just her messing with me. I'll be honest. And I know that now that I'm an adult, like, <laughs> cause I was pretty young when this was going on. Like I was probably like nine or 10 when I first started using a Ouija board with her. Um, and she would like, yeah, she would just play jokes on me all the time. And that was like the family, like that's the level of humor that the family had. Like, <laughs> like my auntie thought it would be really funny to pretend to be Satan. And then like, I insisted that the Ouija board get thrown out that night. And then she snuck around the back of the house and put it on my bed in the basement. <laughs> so when I came back inside, there's like the Ouija board on my bed and she's oh my hiding God. in my closet and she jumps out and I'm that terrified. terrified me. Yeah. <laughs> I would have not been happy with that. No, I think it's cool though. Like, <laughs> like, like, don't do that to your kids. But like, it's cool now because I think it really helped me to develop a level of like tolerance to like some of the spooky aspects of. <laughs> you said it. You said it, right? Like, oh yeah, my but... dad like terrified me to an extent that that years later I was like, oh, that was abusive. Like that was really abusive. <laughs> like Totally. I do relate to that. I do on one level, but I, I just try and laugh about it now. I'm like, it's cool. Oh yeah. It's yeah. This, well, I mean, object- objectively. Toughened us up. <laughs> well, that's like, no, that's exactly what I was getting at though. Like exactly that. Because then when I had like more tangible experiences later, I was able to not be as um like I think meek about it or just like totally wigged out about it like I was able to kind of be like okay that's a thing that happened like cool I've had some scary things happen before whereas some people I think they have it like very cush and then something happens and they like totally don't know how to (laughs) fall apart it's good it's good to like you know when that you know I sometimes my mom gets terrified when uh I laugh at certain a lot of violence and really gruesome stuff and she's just like how can you laugh at this I'm like come on <laughs> like i've seen real darkness this is a this is hysterical <laughs> you know um yeah yeah when you've seen real real violence you know not silence violence but real violence totally. and, and, and and evil yeah the the other stuff like <laughs> it's just funny you know I think it's actually what helped to like for me to cultivate a sense of humor about life in general. I was like, this is all ridiculous. Like this is. <laughs> it's a useful thing to have. Yeah. I can only laugh at this at this point because what else is there to do about it? You know? Yeah. But, um, we're with, surrounded with, like, by the absurdities these days. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, how did we, how is this the timeline? Like, this is what we're doing. Like, all right, I guess. 
cool. All right. Next thing. <laughs> what crazy thing is so, gonna happen next? So you uh you're a you're a reader of the Chick Cicero's self-initiation book of the Golden Dawn. I I try and read it like it's it was that your forever. first book? <laughs> like that? oh my god like i'm staring at my book collection right now and i'm like holy shit what was my first book because like, you're you're I mean, actually a person who's started practicing these rituals on their own yeah yeah i am always I, fascinating to me well and like for me i'm one of those people too where i'm i'm very like i really want to know what i'm talking about before i start like really because you can't it's like <laughs> It's like with math, you can't start doing more complex math before you've understood the basics of the numbers. So it's like, I really wanted to get pretty familiar with, with what I was doing in that regard before I just started messing around because you hear enough stories too, like peripherally online of people who really did experience a couple of, and I'm not saying, you know, it's important. Like those, that messing up is super important. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm, I'm not saying don't do that, but for sure. Like I, I read a ton of books before I really started, um, practicing but like at the same time too like when I'm thinking about my like what it is that I do um a lot of it was kind of stemming from like so I was mentioning like the Ouija board stuff and it's just been like a continuous journey of discovering this like strangeness in life in general um and the magic came way later if that makes sense it was like a lot of weird paranormal like mystical sort of stuff um, that came first. And then I was like, well, there has to be more going on here. So I would like to dig deeper into this. Right. Like, so it, it wasn't, yeah, like that stuff is actually newer in my life than the, than just the, <laughs> the high strangeness, um, from experiencing like the mysteries, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. I so guess that's what Sorry. Yeah, so what other books did you what, what what were the main books that helped you uh discover and learn these rituals? Well, I'm so one that I really enjoy actually is um uh, Franz Bardon's work. He's yeah he's quite interesting. Um yeah, the self-initiation book. I'm just like kind of looking at my my bookshelf right now. I really like a lot of uh Israel Regardi's work as well. Lon Milo Duquette really helped me to kind of bridge some stuff too, like especially through personal experience and then relating it to these other books that I was reading. Um I also so like the the initial bridge too from just like my experience of like the mystical side of life or the magical side of life and then actually delving into this stuff was through like the tarot like that was kind of my like first bridging so a lot of my first things were like um like Robert Wang the Kabbalistic tarot right yeah. like that stuff because I so like when I was joining communities online um I was joining like a lot of tarot and astrology groups right like those two things are pretty lumped together especially like kind of in popular culture um and I was finding a lot of people that couldn't really like I was just like I was like there's something more going on here like like these people were reading cards and saying that there was nothing mystical or magical going on which like really weirded me out or even people that are talking about astrology and they're like no there's nothing magical here like this doesn't have any magic yeah this is pure science this is how how the planets influenced you based on their positions that aren't current but fixed at a you know specific point in time thousands of years ago 
and even I don't even know if they understood <laughs> that, which is like the funniest part too. I don't think they could have even explained why they're into it, which makes it even weirder to me. I'm like, why? But just people who are reading tarot cards and they're like, it's not magic. I'm just like, I don't know what they think. Like, I'm just guessing. Like, I'm really not sure what um, what they think is actually going on. But I'm the kind of person, like I said, I like to study. I like to know what the fuck I'm talking about before I start just like opening my mouth about something, right? So I'm like, well, if I'm if I'm reading cards and I'm like, like naturally I'm pretty intuitive, right? So I like, I was pretty okay at it right away. But I was like, if I'm studying this and I'm wanting to do this and I'm wanting to read for people, like I need to know more, I need to go deeper here. And like, that was when I was like, oh, there's like, there's like a whole history here of these cards being used magically. And like, obviously like Golden Dawn, right? Like that oh, was yeah. It's really like honestly if i'm like that's my main source like finding books that were talking about the golden dawn because like that was what was accessible to me right so but oh, yeah wonderful. like diving well <laughs> diving into it i was like how can these people not <laughs> not ask um like if there's some, and even just talking like even if you're looking at you know the combination of the cards of the elements and all of that and i'm like so you guys think there's nothing going on here and yet you're reading into like the elements and stuff but what do you think that is like what <laughs> i'm not sure it was just kind of an interesting um <sighs> cognitive dissonance maybe that i was noticing um so yeah i just kind of kept going deeper and deeper and like i think really when i'm thinking about it like the kabbalah really also um hit me like in the golden dawn and just all of the correspondences were just it just it hit the right spot in me you know like i had tried when I was younger, you know, you see like, like witchcraft and like, that's kind of like the popular thing. And when I tried it, like, I was like, yeah, there's something kind of cool here. I'm into this. Like I'm, I've always been into the occult in general, but I was like, this is still isn't quite hitting that part of me that is still logical in the way that I'm approaching these things or that, I don't know if that's the right word, but like, do you know what I'm saying with that? Like I wanted yeah. it to make more sense than just make a wish on a star i'm like well that's nice that's nice you know <laughs> as much as i'm not a fan of the term occult science there it still holds a little bit of water you know oh, totally like absolutely there's, there's some things that seem to really work well and some things that don't like you know uh just there's a difference between uh praying to a god and just imagining it in your mind and doing a full evocation of it um Absolutely. using like solomonic techniques or whatever system you're using it's just it it the connections uh there's different levels i think part of it when i'm thinking about it too is like i wanted to know the why because you know you grow up and they're like hey believe in this and i was always very much like well why like why is this why are we choosing to believe in this like what about this specifically should make sense to me that i should be doing this you know um and i think just to tell people oh just have blind faith like that I don't know. I feel like that for me came later, if that makes sense. Like <laughs> after like personal experience, like personal gnosis of the divine, that's when you're like, oh yeah, I get what they're talking about now. But until I had that, I just, I needed something more. I needed to go deeper. I needed, I needed the ideas to be like fleshed out to me so that I could, I could relate to them rather than just like this very basic, um, like pop <laughs> magic maybe i don't know if that's the right word but <laughs> yeah well the rabbit hole goes deep doesn't it absolutely it was there's just something about the flavor of this sort of magic that really got got me going <laughs> well, that's and cool. continues to inspire me like it's like my it's like my main thing really i don't know i'm sure i'm sure people will relate to that like you're in the right place to talk about that yeah 
Yeah, well, it's just it's just funny because like trying to relate to people that I used to relate to these days, it's difficult because I'm like <laughs> so passionate about what I'm what I'm learning and what I'm what I'm endeavoring to do, you know, like the whole concept of the great work and working on that and just people who are like not into that stuff are like, what are you like, how are you so into this? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I found my thing. Like I guess I found my my passion. <laughs> that's wonderful. Oh, that's really great. I think it's cool because not everybody finds their thing, you know? Absolutely. So. Yeah. No, I felt very lucky to find it, you know, young. And, uh, but also, you know, magic's a very useful thing to discover when, when you're looking for solutions to problems that don't have easy answers. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So it's a very appealing to, um, people in difficult positions and, uh, yeah, definitely sucked me in. <laughs> um, for me too, like. I don't know, for a long time, I felt very like lost. And I was like, what is my thing? Like, why can't I find my thing? So I think it's cool that you get to do something like this, like a podcast where you're talking and you're like kind of spreading the message in a way to people so that they can stumble upon this stuff, you know? Cause for a long time, I think I was looking for this. Like I was looking for this, this um, specific brand of magic, I guess. And I couldn't find it because people like weren't really talking about it or it wasn't um, commonplace. So it's really cool that you get to explore that with people and then just like put it out there. And I think that's really important to share these types of things. Yeah, thanks. I try to. A, a lot of the, 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 some of the most exciting people you, I'd want to talk to, I don't talk to anyone, unfortunately, um, and never will. But we do what we can with, with who's, uh, who's uh, eager to, uh, you know, babble with us and you know i i do love the uh i do love it when we find like a really experienced occultist who's like happy to go all full flibber to gibbet with me and just talk a bunch of shit and uh you know play ideas out and explore uh um things we're not sure of that's that's a lot of fun that's cool though because then it makes it accessible right like it makes sometimes when you put people on a pedestal it's like it, it makes you feel like, oh, well, like I couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly do this. Like, look at these people, but that's not, I don't think that's the right thing to want to like foster in the community. I think we want to foster like this whole notion of like, everybody's been there like at the beginning and we've all kind of um, come into our own over time. Right. So that's super important. I think to like cultivate that. Yeah. I was, I was a little disappointed to hear, find out, see recently that Damien Eccles is making his magic school. He's opening in new Orleans, a, a closed order. I was hoping that especially given his eclectic way of coming and learning everything that he has learned and using it in very eclectic ways based on radical need for effective results over any kind of dogma whatsoever. Right. Like here is a situation like Damien Eccles was, yeah, nothing else matters except for results, right? That's all that matters. Um, and I was hoping he would uh, therefore create his school in a bit more of an open learning format for to make it as hospitable as possible to others. But so maybe I it'll grow into that because it's, it's going to be a closed system as it is, which is, that. you know, is fine. I mean, Golden Lawn's a closed system and a lot of things are closed, closed systems, so... There's like a fine balance to strike there though. Cause you, you want to, like, I understand the concept of like that gatekeeping. Cause it's important to make sure that somebody's like actually genuine about their intentions, but then like, 
yeah, I didn't know that. That's, you don't, you don't want to like go too hard with that. Although that's kind of like my whole approach to everything magically is like that whole middle path, that whole like being really balanced in things, right? So I can see the need for like needing to keep things like kind of on the DL, but at the same time, that is, I didn't know that. I, I actually am like a pretty, pretty big fan of his. So that's funny. But... Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I give him five bucks a month on Patreon and it's the least I can do. Um, and definitely, uh, I think, I think he's going to do some great things for the occult world over his lifetime and i think uh that's i think that's going to be good i think he's going to do a lot to actually reach out and build bridges probably once he has his own little uh sort of thing established because you got to gather your your people together right and have, build your own community before you can sometimes do uh you know networking with other groups yeah i'd absolutely. like to see the golden dawn world uh, connect a bit more but we'll see we'll see what happens yeah, that was one thing that I found, like, I felt like when I was in groups online, even that I felt like when I would try and ask questions, I was always looked down on because like, I wasn't officially in an order, even though I would like, I would have, if it was available to me, like I would have already been doing that. So it was like kind of a bit of a slap to the face. Cause I'm like, well, I'm really passionate about this. And I try and ask a question and people were like, not particularly <laughs> accommodating to my questions initially. Um, so that's why I really like Damien's approach though, because he seems to be like, some people will complain, like they, they kind of have the opinion of him that like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's really basic and he's just regurgitating stuff. And like, to an extent, yeah, I guess, but it, like, I think he's trying, in my opinion, he's trying to make it accessible to people that aren't already doing it. Cause the people that are already doing it, like they are, <laughs> they already know. Yeah. Right? So yeah. for me, it was like, well, this makes a lot of sense actually. And I'm really, I'm really on board for that too, because again, like I said, I understand the need for gatekeeping, but maybe it might be time to start branching out a little bit and making this stuff a little bit more, um, I don't know, like touching the lives of, of more people, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I hear the questions people ask him and the way he, and he answers them very well and in a very way that, in a help way that helps that person. And I go, okay yeah i can see why that person wouldn't be talking to me because that's not a question i would necessarily expect to be asked you know so it's like yeah that's why again i like the uh proliferation of different teachers and different schools and different specialists that's i think just a really good thing because we don't need to all be in the same building for people to get a full education of whatever uh, selection of magical arts they want to learn we got the internet we got we got global communication we can be spread out and uh and people can then go to and put together their own curriculum of education that's very serious and intense but from a variety of different sources and people i mean isn't that kind of the whole point interacting with a variety of people it's to it's to fill in the blanks if it was just you all the time like <laughs> with yeah. only your information like that makes no sense that's why we're like here to be able to connect with others and like fill in the blanks it's yeah. uh yeah fun to watch it's like interesting to see you know you say one thing to somebody and you're like oh my gosh you just like you just blew my mind because i've been looking into that and now you know now i have the missing the missing link through like just one conversation with this person it's really cool i love that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah and you can take you can take a period of your life and and learn this thing or specialize on this thing and and that sort of stuff i'll probably go through like martinism probably at some point maybe not but who knows i've got a lot of other it's been things on my radar. Doing. it's it's you know it's yeah. interesting um I, uh, I, you know, some people tell me that you can't do, uh, you can only do theurgy after Martinism. And that would be a challenge because I, I definitely do a lot of thaumaturgical kinds of magic. And 
wouldn't stop but you know other friends of mine have been like no nah, it doesn't matter so you know we'll see though so, uh you can i can i can definitely spend the next uh five ten years uh just doing more inokin and grimoire stuff and yeah there's there's too much to do so you have to be selective i love the kabbalah i've been enjoying uh david heim smith's uh kabbalistic lectures um they can get for like each one's only seven bucks each and uh, if you go through it with the books and get into well, the really the meditation practices it's it's pretty pretty awesome stuff i i actually got his book and uh <laughs> oh, wonderful like, which one um it's the uh the kabbalistic mirror of genesis and oh, yeah. it's like one of those books though where i literally have to stop like i have to stop to process what I, like one page in i'm like okay i need to <laughs> i need to i need yeah. to sit with this for a little bit and let this it's like poetry you know when you read really good poetry and it's like that feeling of like, wow, like I just need to, I need a moment to, um, to absorb that. Cause it's like, it's almost like this intangible way of communicating something to somebody. Right. Which is kind of, I think his whole, his whole perspective with mysticism. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what contemplative mysticism is very much about. Um, yeah. But then there's a, yeah. And you can add the, the Kabbalistic meditative practices to that as well, which is, uh, a whole other thing yeah there's a lot he's got a very full system which is which is very exciting and his new works coming out this june are going to be just excellent uh, the way he's developed one of the lesser known schools of kabbalah and the ayun circle is 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 great i was always only familiar mainly with abraham abulafia's system because of aria kaplan that's what most of us would study but yeah he's uh, he's broken things open to a whole new extent and I, I, i'm just i'm just loving it loving it i'm a kid at a candy store <laughs> it actually yeah. reminds me very much too like talking about like that that poetic way of wording things too it reminds me of like psychedelics like even reading some of what he's written i'm like oh, he knows how to <laughs> describe it it's so rare to find a spiritual teacher who knows how to use language the way he does absolutely yeah it's something that i i uh yeah i really look up to that um yeah i feel like i also like i'm just thinking about like the the comparison too of like because damien almost makes things um he takes these complex thoughts and then makes them simpler and I kind of like that too I feel like that's kind of like more my mode of being where I'm trying to process and integrate so that then I can bring it to people in a way that they're able to kind of like digest rather than having to <laughs> it's almost like making the work a little bit simpler for some people um for the people that are really seeking it or at least pointing people in the right direction if that makes sense because not everyone has like the the um, the like grit to <laughs> to do the amount of um i guess digging that some of us do i suppose i don't know yeah yeah well like even putting together this last months of class with with mike with my crew doing these uh enochian experiments with the heptarchia like i couldn't just use one source i had to use 10 sources and compare bits of them to the manuscripts to be able to like ethically put forth this experimental series of operations and uh yeah that's something that teachers got to do not everyone has to learn everything to that extent there's nothing wrong with just getting an operation or a technique learning it doing it a bunch and then you know boom it makes your life a little bit better i mean that's 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 what it's all about really but it is fun if you want to be one of those people like developing new stuff and mastering little corners of the occult it's it's a it's a delightful thing so like, how, how do you find Enochian, by the way? Because I had a dream a couple of weeks ago where I was like hearing some of the names of some of the Enochian angels and I've never really delved into it. 
So I'm like a little curious about how you enjoy that type of work. Well, I love it because I mean, it's it's been one of the main things I've been exposed to since I guess I was like, you know, 10 years old, living yeah. in a OTO oasis and, and being around the magic being done. And uh, but it wasn't something I, I consciously studied and was aware of till I was like 13. And then, you know, more and more and more it just uh, seeped in. And when I, when I got it, when I was initiating the Golden Dawn, I mean, the Golden Dawn system is fueled by Enochian, essentially. It's yeah. what fuels the, the, the elemental grades and everything beyond it. And it's, it, it's, it's mastery or study is a huge part of the inner order work. But it's it's really only their style of Enochian, which actually, <laughs> I don't know if I said this publicly yet, but I'm going to say it to you because it's funny. I was thinking that that really, you know, so the Enochian formed their specific style of, of magic based on John Dee's angelic magic, but mm. different to it, distinctly different enough that people refer to it as GD Enochian to be different from D purism. However, D never used the word Enochian. The Golden Dawn were the first people to use the word Enochian for their distinctly separate thing. Therefore, doesn't the word Enochian magic strictly define what the Golden Dawn created? I actually didn't know. I didn't know that they didn't like. That would, that would follow logically, wouldn't it? It's, it's pedantic and wankery, but it's still logically logical. All you GD fanatics out there, you can say that only the GD does Enochian and everyone else is doing some form of angelic. Or maybe Crowley is doing Neo-Enochian, who knows? But it's all wankery what we're saying right now, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I, learning the Enochian magic within the Golden Dawn and how it works in the initiations when you're doing them, especially like, um, well, you do some Enochian before being a Hierophant, of course, but not, not a lot. Maybe just learning some grade openings and then doing maybe the Watchtower, the Supreme Pentagram rituals in the portal grade after you've already finished the Golden Dawn. There's definitely none of that ever done in the Outer Order in any order that I'm aware of. I'm sure there's a few out there that do Enochian in the outer order, but generally that's not done. Um, it's saved. And that makes sense to me because there's so much Kabbalah to learn. Like if you don't learn the Kabbalah in the outer order, then you are probably going to have to learn it in the inner order. You have to learn it at some point if you, if you're doing golden dawn curriculum. So it makes sense to do one thing, focus on one thing at a time. Right. Well, and the thing that I found about like even working with that, like with Kabbalah at all, it's like, it's definitely not linear. Like there's, there's so many, it's um, yeah, there's just so many layers to it. Like you think that you've learned it and then you're like, Oh no, there's like, we're going deeper today. Like it's not. <laughs> well, M Moshe Adele actually makes the argument at one point in absorbing perfections, his masterpiece that, that Kabbalah demonstrates early um, um, influences of deconstructionist thought, especially in Abraham Abulafia and some of the other uh, forms of turmeric exercises that are used practically, it's 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 a it's not a it's not a, a structuralist system or or a constructivist system. It is a methodological system for um, understanding relationships, dynamism, and also more breaking down structures of understanding and opening them up to new meaning. Yeah, that absolutely. Makes sense. 
That yeah. what kind of reminds me of um, like just the concept of learning. Okay, so I I had this um, this experience because a lot of the information that I receive is it's like um, intuitive in a way, or like it's like kind of me speaking to the universe and then receiving information. And it reminds me of this one meditation I had where I was kind of asking. I was like, so like I was like level with me, like what what is magic? Like what is it? <laughs> what is it that I'm like actually doing here? You know. Um, and the answer that I got was it was learning about like my place in the world in relation to everything else and um, learning about the rules of the way that the world works and then learning how to manipulate those rules in a different way. So that totally like that. And I also heard the word um, bioelectric magnetism, which was kind of interesting to me. Yeah, uh, Barden likes that one. Is, is that is that interesting? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just reminds me of um, like kind of, like we had mentioned kind of earlier about like music and stuff, right? And learning learning a system, and then learning you, to start creating. You have to know what the rules of that that system are, right? And if you don't know the rules, then how are you supposed to uh, find new ways of combining things, and new ways of putting things together, and new way, ways of breaking things down, right? So, yeah. yeah well, we we talk a lot about that, and and that's why even even people like you know the the grimoire purists and like Skinner talk about like learning these systems and you know heaven forbid you try and take shortcuts before you've achieved success using it as they are because then how are you going to know what success actually looks like and there's something to be said about that for sure you know like if you don't do things right how will you know what that looks like so that you can take these shortcuts um and that's why I always like when I'm when I'm learning or teaching something, I always like to to take it step by step and build it up sequentially. So I have an understanding of what the different levels of familiarity with the energies are. Also in that process, like with anything, even even from initiatory work to talismanic or any kind of you know constructive ritual work, you're building your attunement to those frequencies, to those beings, and yes. uh, and and building up that connection. And that's very important. Absolutely. That's actually one thing that I thought about too, in regards to like talking about astrology and like looking at somebody's natal chart too. Um, that's something that I've kind of experimented with a little bit in regards to like taking a look at my natal chart, seeing what energies I'm already kind of like naturally um, wanting to lean towards, and then being able to work magically with the energies that I might be lacking or that might not be as strong in my natal chart. So it's almost like a key to being able to like break through your own barriers in my opinion so that's kind of like a, a neat thing that I like to do like I have I don't have a whole lot of fire in my chart so I like to work with a lot of like you know fire energy and rituals so that I can try and um like make up almost for that lack of fire in my chart naturally so I will try and like invoke I've even done that like with um <laughs> I like especially working with like Leo energy I'll try and invoke like Leo energy and that's kind of fun so yeah yeah, no, I, I understand. Uh, uh, I have no no water planets, and so I've always focused on water and done more more deep water work than any other element, uh, for sure. Yeah, that, that makes a lot that of sense. That definitely makes sense to me. Like thinking about like who you seem to be as a person, that makes a lot of sense. Like that that strong uh, air mental energy going on, I can totally do that. Yeah, yeah, six planets in air. I, I do have a Scorpio ascendant, but that's not. That doesn't really say much about me as a per who I am. It says more about how people perceive me, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's not something I feel like I can really draw on. It's more an aesthetic thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so I've done like more ISIS invocations than any other God I've ever worked with, for example, you know, okay. the amount of times I've invoked ISIS all night, like, you know, sunset sunrises is many, 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 you know, on my knees straight, just hardcore <laughs> like as Please, we do in the golden dawn feeling i'll just oh no 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 you're like crying the whole time <laughs> you're like you're like in tears we would i would do so much isis vigil work throughout my time in the golden dawn it wasn't even funny like we did just tons of that way more than with thoth or jahuti yeah much more isis work still plenty of thoth stuff though at certain points in the in the process it brings me a lot of joy like that was an accidental thing for me like encountering thoth and working with him because like i used to be so even when i was like <laughs> first practicing all of the golden dawn stuff i was like i'm still really skeptical about all this i was like i still am not i'm still <laughs> i still need to be convinced about all this and i actually had an experience on acid that like kind of well not kind of it changed my life like it truly changed my life and I and that same night I wound up like encountering Thoth um like I don't know how much work you've done with him like on a personal level but I am very like I feel a kinship with him for yeah, sure tons Temple Tehuti was the, t- the temple I was trained at so Temple Tehuti was our was, he was our patron god it was yeah tons of Thoth so yeah on acid though that would be a cool thing time to it experience thought my mind like do you should i should i just oh, tell me it? all about it <laughs> so um this and i've had like that was like the thing too that i transitioned from being like atheist like full-on atheist um oh, because of, like those experiences when i like when i told you earlier with the ouija board right mm-hmm. um I was really traumatized by those experiences. It lasted for like a few years where um, like, because I didn't believe because I was already skeptical, my friends and I would ask like for like negative entities to come through. And we didn't know what we were doing. Like I didn't have any sort of like magical background really, right? Other than like ghost hunters, which is not, do not learn (laughs) from the ghost hunters. Like that's not really, that's, you don't want to sit there and be yelling at demons. Like that's not... (laughs) it's probably not going to end well for you. Right. But that's what that's like, I wanted to be convinced. And I was like, well, what, what else could convince me than if I asked for like demons to show up. Right. And so like just things escalated for me. Um, like my friends and I played like almost every day. It was like pretty obsessive to be honest with you. <laughs> it was like our main hobby. Like we'd just come home from school. This is like in middle school, we come home wow. from school and just like just constantly, like every, every night, almost we would be doing this. And it got to a point where, um, we, number one, we started to have like personalities showing up. Right. And at the time, like, I still don't know what exactly we had, uh, brought in, but, um, yeah, we had these couple of entities and they would say just like really vulgar things, really terrible things. It was like, it was not pleasant. So I'm not sure why we kept doing it. Probably just out of just intense curiosity. Like what is happening? Like, what is this? And it got to a point for me where I started to know what they were going to say in my mind before they would be like moving the planchette. Right. So, um, but my friends didn't really have that as far as like, I knew at least like talking to them, they, they, they did not seem to share that. Like that was like, I was able, and then it got like, it got to the point where I kept doing this and I'm, I'm now able to like, I would, <laughs> I would start doing it on my own and I could communicate with them. Like in my mind, I would hear messages. Um, like I would use like my phone keyboard at the time. I had like a flip phone <laughs> where you had like the little keyboard and I would use that to like communicate with these entities. Um, and then I one day was like, well, I wonder, I wonder if they could like 
you know, take us on an, on a, an adventure here? Like, can they, can they, like, could they use my hand or something to like show me something or take me somewhere? Um, and so I remember one day I got my friend to like hold hands with me and I was like, I'm going to ask them to like show, like take us some, I lived in an apartment building too. So there's like all these like corridors and hallways, right. And stairwells. So I was like, I'm going to see if they'll like take us somewhere. And so like, it felt like they were right. And so we, it brought us into this hallway um, and then down into the stairwell. And I just got like the worst feeling. Like it was just, (laughs) it was just not good. I was like, oh, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't be doing this. This is bad. Like we need to go back inside now. And so when we went back into the hallway, there was like this seven foot, like it went to the top of the hallway and it's an apartment hallway. So it's like a little bit taller than usual too. And it was just huge, this huge black shadow was there. And like, to this day, this friend, I still know her and she still insists that she saw it too. Right. Cause you always question, like something happens, even in some of my rituals, like something happens. And I'm like, that, that was real. Right. Like that was, (laughs) that just happened. Like, okay. So she saw it too, which like confirmed to me that, oh my God, like we just saw this huge black mass and it disappeared into um like the wall I guess and so we went back inside and I think that was the second last thing that we ever participated in there was another night and I'm I'm not going to go into too much detail with it but basically um my friend was possessed as far as I know like I don't it's hard like there is still this tiny piece of me that's like that happened like that's real like you know I still kind of it's so it was so intense that you're like that happened right like <laughs> um mm-hmm. but that whole night I was like seeing uh and I don't know if this is like a cancer thing because I got a bunch of cancer in my chart right like that intuitive sort of an energy but I I was seeing like really uh graphic images in my mind that night and she, my friend was acting like she was a feral animal like it was really <laughs> and we're teenagers like preteens teenagers, like I don't know 14 yeah. like it was like I was not prepared for this right and I didn't know how to deal with it extra um, open yeah. to influence yay Yo, was straight up, right? Like emotions are running high. And like this, we locked her out of, <laughs> out of the apartment building. Like we didn't know what to do. We were like, we, <laughs> <let's>, <laughs> you became playgrounds to forces you cannot control. Oh, for real. Wow. For real. It was like, well, and it's a funny thing. Cause you know, I sit like these days, I'm like, well, I asked for it. I got what I wanted. Like, <laughs> like what was I expecting? Like, but um, that ties into what I was saying earlier. But like when I was younger, I was like, I want to know, like, I have to know if this stuff is real. Like I need to, I need to figure this shit out firsthand, firsthand experience. So the last thing that happened before I went like atheist <laughs> was um, <laughs> for real, like that's a protective mechanism. hundred sure. percent. Like, yeah. I was like, I can't process what is happening to me. I don't have the ability like, and this is just like, I don't have, uh, I don't have somebody showing me any of this. Like I don't, it was just like all me figuring it out firsthand. So um, this one night, and again, we're still playing like every day. I'm I'm probably escalating at this point to like talking to them all the time, like in either my mind or like using my phone or whatever to communicate. And um, it got to the point where this one night, so my mom wasn't home at the time. She worked a lot. It was like late at night. And um, I remember I, I kept hearing like breathing in my ear, like it, <laughs> which I still couldn't believe because for the longest time, you know, like, like a planchette moving, your brain kind of goes like, well, my friend could be moving this, right? Like, or subconsciously I could be moving this, like who the hell knows at this point? Like I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure it out, right? But like, I'm hearing this breathing and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not breathing <laughs> or I'm like, I'm, you know, I hold my breath just to see <laughs> a 
like I'm doing things like that to be like, is this actually happening? Like, how do I know this is happening? And then, yeah, I kept hearing this breathing in my ear. It was incredibly disconcerting. That's an understatement, but yeah. <laughs> it would not stop. It just wouldn't stop. And so um, I'm in my room and I had this like this little doorbell, which sounds funny, but like I'm a, I'm an angsty teenager. So I had this doorbell, um, like that battery powered doorbell. And I remember the doorbell went off while I'm hearing this breathing. Nobody's home. It's just me home in this fucking doorbell goes off and I'm like uh that's not supposed to happen like that's not <laughs> that's not a thing so mm. I wound up, up taking the batteries out that night and then I I heard it go off again later and I was like I I'm just like waiting for my mom to come home at this point because I'm like this is not like this isn't real. like I've never had anything to this level happen I don't know I, yeah. should, I wish I knew which day this that I could go back and look like astrologically at what was happening like I don't know if there was I really don't remember. I, I actually like up until recently, I didn't think about this because it was that traumatic to me. Right. So well, if, you, if you guys were doing this work that much, then you're constantly building up and feeding more energy, creating more and more of a smorgasbord for spirits to get attracted to. Totally. Absolutely. And the fact that we're continuing to entertain, like I mentioned, there was like a handful of like personalities and they were not happy. Like <laughs> they were not good energies. They were not whatever. Yeah. You're just talking to every single little astral nasty that you can find. And the spirits are like, yo, it's party time. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that it's like all teenage girls, they were just loving it. Like Perfect. that must have been great. For them. Like, that must have been their favorite thing. So <laughs> like looking back, it is funny to me, but at the time, like, no, like super not funny. So I'm like that night I'm, I'm trying desperately to sleep. Like I, I have school, like I got shit to do, like I need to go to bed. <laughs> so I, um, I'm trying to sleep. And then I, this is like one of the first times that I think I knew I was dreaming actually, where I, I, I have fallen asleep and I'm dreaming, but, um, like in a dream, you're, normally for me, at least it's like, there's a whole dreamscape. Like there's, I'm, I'm like so involved in the dream that there's like a whole landscape going on. Right. Like if I'm in a house, there's a full house. Right. But this dream, I was like, somewhere outside. And I, it's almost like a video game where when the video game world is loading, um, <laughs> there's like that that like black loading kind of like a landscape right like oh the video game's trying to load and it hasn't fully loaded the the scene so there was just like blackness all around and there was like a spotlight where I was but I still heard this fucking breathing in my ear and I knew that like I I'm tr I remember trying to enact out whatever this dream was supposed to be but I was constantly distracted because I heard this breathing in my ear and then all of a sudden in this dream, I am back in my room, like my actual real life room and the closet opens and there's like this puddle, like this little, like not puddle, but like um, a little uh, pool of water, like a weird little well, I guess you could say that's what it was. And it's like gurgling up blood. And there's like this weird little demon thing, like little gargoyle demon thing <laughs> sitting there. And at that very instant, as soon as I looked at it in the eyes, I had this glass on my bedside table on like a wooden table. So it made that sound of like glass moving over wood, right? Like, like that. It's kind of mm. like a 
noise. I just, I don't know if you heard that or not, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like that distinct noise and it terrified me so much. Like jumped out of my bed. I think by this time it was like probably four in the morning. Like my mom had finally come home. I did not have a great relationship with her, but I jumped in that motherfucking bed and I was like, that's it. I'm <laughs> sleepover with mom tonight. Like this yeah. is what I'm like a 15 year old. She's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I like, couldn't really explain to her either. I was like, it's a long story. I'm just, (laughs) this is where I'm crashing tonight. So it was so traumatic to me though, that I was like, to protect myself from this, I need to not believe in anything because like believing in anything seems to be a bad idea at this point. (laughs) So um, yeah, that was like how I initially became atheist and like literally didn't, I was like science only. To protect yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was like, if I believe in this, then that actually happened. And that's horrifying. (laughs) Like, fuck that. I'm not not on board with that. Um, Yeah. I heard uh, Fratter Acker talking about that on Glitch Bottle on his his last interview. I don't know if that's on YouTube yet or just on Patreon. But he's uh, he talks about ways to recover from getting burned. And he didn't specify what kind of burnage he was talking about. But I think it can happen from bad experiences with people or bad or or just overwhelming experiences with with spirits and magic itself and i've always said to people that one of the best psychic forms of protection is to like do gardening like get get as material as you can you know like watch comedies like ground down get in your body um that so it makes sense me. yeah you went like atheist or whatever for real, like for a number of years, I was like, I only, and I was like mean to people who believed in anything. And it's just funny. Like I've managed to come like full circle. Like I, <laughs> I just realized like what I must sound like to people that used to know me. Um, yeah. It's kind of like a, a funny thing. And it was actually through psychedelics that I wound up coming back to all of this. Like, that yeah, was, that's really interesting to me. I totally understand that. Yeah. There what was, was like the a, breakthrough? Oh my God. Yo, like you don't even know, like, <laughs> no I don't like I just I I have like a number of pretty intense stories where I was like wow like I literally can't deny um (laughs) that there is actually in fact something more going on than just well and that's the funny thing too is I can say more than just science but like is science not kind of like actually really fucking magical like I don't know that that might just be a me opinion but I think that science kind of oh yeah and people like don't acknowledge that they're like but logic and i'm like yeah logically that's nuts like (laughs) yeah no the the, a a lot of academics increasingly are talking about the what we've lost in understanding human history and development by uh excising magic and esotericism and they're bringing it back a little bit but it's it's going to be a bit of a journey i mean not only have we redacted magic from our our culture and historical understand self-understanding but we've redacted like, yeah, entheogens and, and drugs and all these natural plant medicines. And we're only now being like, oh, maybe, maybe they work. I don't know. Like it seems to, I mean, every- no, that, that opinion just blows my mind though. Like I just, so like when I discovered psychedelics, like I took them at raves, like that was where I discovered, like that's where I did them. And it always blew my mind that people would do them. And they're like, this is fun. I see funny colors. I was like, are you not experiencing God? Like, that's not, <laughs> like it really. Yeah. Um, well, really your consciousness does in- influence the way you react to them. So if you are taking them at a pretty low level of engagement, they, they don't necessarily do that much. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? It's just so weird. Like, I wonder what, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I wonder if there's a sign like in the needle chart that would point to somebody wanting to go deeper with all of that. Oh, 12th house know. for sure. It's 12th well, house governs no drugs, 12th madness, house. criminal behavior, and spirituality. <laughs> I have and, no 12th house and I'm just like, I'm all for all of Well, 12th stuff. house is also Pisces and you have Pisces in your chart, right? I do. I do have a little bit of Pisces. Yeah. So where is that? Uh, well, it's my, it's my, wow. It's, it's both my Saturn and my Midhaven. So that could be part of it. <laughs> so what house? Um, oh, that's a good question. My Pisces. Cause that'll show you where, it, what part of your life it becomes most into play. See, and well, here's another thing is that my chart, weirdly enough, well, it actually, I mean, it's funny. Well, we're doing a podcast so people can't see this, but my chart looks like a hexagram, like no joke. Oh, cool. You got one, a cool one. You, yeah, I, I have a boring, mind, like, boring bucket chart, which is intense and boring. <laughs> it's like everything's I, in I one place. Yeah, but that, you know, and I feel like that kind of makes more sense. Like the lesson that you're learning is a little bit more like focused and whereas, yeah. Anyways, I can't remember what house it is right now. Yeah, it's like I have very something very specific to do with this incarnation and that's about it. Right, which is like, that's, I mean, that's my personal interpretation. Yeah, of all this yeah literally everything in my chart is between the 12th and the 4th house. Right, right. I'm assuming that you've gone to like an actual astrologer. To like my mom's a well-known Canadian astrologer. Yeah. Oh, cool! I didn't know. Like, that. yeah, I grew up with this stuff, like embedded. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she started teaching me formal astrology when I was pretty. That's young. like kind of my dream, like as a mom that is into this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, maybe yeah. I, you can continue. <laughs> you maybe you can learn. The, you know, I was thinking like when I was a kid, I used to like jack all of my family's cool books and like all of their weird occult esoteric. Oh, of books. course. So like I'm like I actually keep a lot of my books because I'm like maybe one day like my daughter will <laughs> will pick this up and and you know foster her own interest in this like no pressure though she can do whatever she wants that's fine but <laughs> there is like a little bit of hope of you where I'm like yeah read this stuff this is cool maybe I can save you some time I wish my family had pointed me in the right direction way earlier because that would be yeah that would be cool but <laughs> anyway yeah it's always um, a little depressing when uh, like really like. It doesn't just necessarily apply to spiritual or magical people, but it's it's sad when really spiritual and magical people's kids just reject it out of hand. Same as sort of when anyone amazing or incredible has really boring, dumbass kids. You know? <laughs> so, like, I think Tom Hanks has this one son that's just, like, a total, like, doofus. Yeah. <laughs> but he's very public and, like, you know, uh, vocal. It's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn funny <laughs> but you know he's got all his money and fame and it's just like oh could have been someone else you could have been a different person instead of this total mom but whatever he and you know like, and then no, i feel bad for tom hanks because he's got to still love the kid <laughs> he's like yeah that's my son jesus christ i love him so much <laughs> He defends me against Pizzagate, <laughs> which he does. <laughs> like vocally, like that's. Oh a yeah, <laughs> like oh, no. making it so much but, worse. This is not good. We don't. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> Holy shit! Um, 
but yeah like so some of my like psychedelic experiences like should i are we going there is that you want to go let's there? do it oh yeah big time i like this i'm like really passionate about this like it's, yeah, it's me too. I, have to, I have to stop myself from <laughs> from bombarding strangers with like like it's like totally that joe rogan meme where it's like have you done dmd is that oh like, what, kind, <laughs> what kind of coffee <laughs> would you like sir have you done dmt <laughs> it's my whole life it's really it's, yeah it's a problem too yeah anyways so <laughs> um it was just funny like recently I'm like talking to my old boss and I'm like trying to talk to her about psychedelics and she's like what are you talking I'm like you know never mind forget it I didn't say anything <laughs> it's fine yeah um, sort of like playing a mu musical instruments it's like if you don't do it if you haven't been there you don't really understand what you're missing I wish right, when, I when actually the a molecule had come out someone had explained to me what was going on wait like for like you like you hadn't done it when that came out or i remember i was in some yeah no i i didn't do dmt until just a couple of years ago right and i so wish like, when the spirit molecule had just come out and people were talking about it at my grad school and people were talking about that book no one explained to me what was going on that there was this like thing i could smoke and and you know there's no way to explain that so that's kind of what i was, what yeah, I was saying i wish like, someone had explained it sooner to me because I might have made some better decisions in the last 15 years. But I tried saying that to like my old <laughs> my old boss. I'm like, so you like meet God, you are God, whatever. And she <laughs> she's like, what are you? And I'm like, never mind, forget it. I didn't say anything. It's fine. Continue living your life. So <laughs> but that's how I felt at raves too. So like my my first experience, here's I'll I will, I will, this is my segue into this story. So because you're at a rave so everyone's like saying like yeah acid is fun like it's just it's cash it's super cash it's fun no worries do it i was like all right i'm i am a curious gemini moon i will do that so <laughs> i tried it and i remember like i'm i'm immediately like just i'm so i i start seeing uh mandalas like and yeah. i like and i'm so i'm walking towards my car in the dark forest it's like super late there's no lights and flashing before my eyes like me trying to like literally feel my way to my car there's like flop like i've never seen these colors either like just over and over every second a different like and it's so intricate like it's yeah just and flash. people always complain or wonder why golden dawn regalia and tools are so bright and colorful and bold it's like okay you haven't taken psychedelics right right totally well, and that's been a thing for me on DMT is always the primary colors. Like that's a big thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obnoxiously bright. <laughs> Dude, I'm a I'm a like K through 12 Waller school kid. You had me at primary. <laughs> I'm all so I'm, about those colors. I'm seeing these, I'm seeing these mandalas. And and then so here, we're just gonna go right into it. Fuck it. So <laughs> I'm I'm with my ex at the time, and um we go, we go to like sit in the car together like in the like we just needed a, a space away from human beings right so we're sitting in the passenger side together and um like I'm rather familiar with my own mind if that makes sense I don't know if people relate to that but like I am just like I can hang out there and I recognize that I'm in my mind space like that dark space in my brain right I go there a lot it's like one of my favorite places to be <laughs> so I'm in my mind space and then suddenly like he's there too and I was like oh well, that's different. Like normally it's just me in here. Like, hmm, all right. Um, and we're like holding each other and we didn't move. We're literally just cuddling. 
There was no physical movement as far as I was aware. And like we had astral sex, that's a thing. (laughs) And then we like had a physical orgasm like together at the same time and we didn't do anything. Um, So like when people are like, this is just a fun party thing. I was like, is it, is that what's going on here? Like that's, this is mind blowing to me. This is nutty. Like, and then I also, I forgot to like that earlier in the night, um, we had heard a sound in the woods and it was like a weird sound. Like I didn't recognize it. You know, I've been to the woods, I'm familiar, but it was a weird noise. So I asked him to go check it out and I didn't move and he moved closer to the woods and I heard the sound as though I were standing where he was standing. Like, like I hadn't moved and I'm hearing the sound as though I were where he was physically present closer to the noise. So like, that was my first inclination that maybe there's something more going on that science has not (laughs) fully articulated yet. Like there's something a little bit different. So, (laughs) um, and then like, there was an experience that I had after that too, where I was told that I, when I received, I thought it was, I asked for acid. Okay. Like that's what I thought was going on but I was told that I was going to be given some sort of a research chemical. I still to this day don't know what that was. I I can guess that it was some sort of like three MEO DMT or something, but like, again, like I don't know for sure. But so I took this stuff and I'm outside having a cigarette. You know, I'm just kind of like, I I trip alone a lot. Like that's kind of my thing. It's always kind of been my thing. Cause after that experience at a rave, like, (laughs) like, well, yeah. That was you, real personal and you wanted it to be more spiritual and more yeah, mystical. Yeah. It was just, I was like, this is not really a thing that I want to do with a bunch of strangers. Like this is not, I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm good. Um, so I yeah, I'm 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 smoking a cigarette outside and it's cold. It's like a little bit, it must have been like November in Canada, right? So like colder. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, like I'm starting to lose feeling with my body. Like what I not, oh God, like I need to get inside ASAP. So I like I had to, it was like a freaking process, dude. Like I had to <laughs> I had to somehow make it back to my room and I'm I'm laying on my bed and then all of a sudden I'm gone. Like there's no, I'm not connected to my body anymore. Like I'm just gone. And I'm in that mind space though, that same mind space that I described earlier mm. with sitting in there, I'm there. Um, but I'm panicking because my heart was racing. I'm like, I'm dying. I felt like I was physically dying. I was like, I've never not been connected to my body. Like mm. what the fuck is happening? And so I'm suddenly in this space and then a voice is there with me and it's like chuckling at me. And I was like, what, <laughs> what is funny about this? This is terrifying. I'm dying. I'm going to die. And this voice was like, did you know that animals, you know, don't perceive things as good or bad? Like things just are, things just happen. So humans are funny to me. And that's why it was explaining why it was laughing at me basically. Right. Like, cause I was like, what, this isn't funny. And it was like, you're panicking about something and you're, you're ascribing um, like a, a value judgment to this situation when really it just is a situation. So probably don't worry about it. <laughs> It was like really relaxed too. It was like really nonchalant. Like it knew exactly what was going on. Right. So, and looking back on that to me, that's like my, um, like higher self, uh, uh, controversial, like HGA. I don't know. Some people have different opinions on what exactly that is. I don't, (laughs) to me, it's like that higher self. It's like that connection to your soul. Right. So to me, that's what was, that's what was speaking to me. Um, and so (sighs) that to me, I think is really the one that I was like, what the fuck? 
Like I can't possibly continue on not believing in anything because what was that? Like, Mm. (laughs) how how do I continue my life as somebody who has identified as atheist, not believing in anything for so long. And then that happens, you know, um, especially to like receive insight like that was like a little different for me at the time, especially like considering, like I mentioned, I'm going to raves, like I'm obviously not, um, participating in any like serious sort of, uh, spiritual practice as a, an atheist going to raves. Like that's not really where I was at. So to receive knowledge and insight like that, like seemingly out of nowhere, that's where I was like, well, something is, something is going on here. Like this yeah. is really different. psychedelic <laughs> theophany. Yeah. Like, and I, for, like gnosis, like, and it reminds me of when I was a kid, me wanting to know when I was like, I need to know firsthand, like what's going on. And I was like, well, <laughs> it's all tied into like the progression of events in my life, all kind of leading me back towards the light in a way, you know, it seems kind of ironic, like between you and me, well, I guess, and everyone, <laughs> but like it, it felt like, um, like, it's almost funny. Cause it's almost like in theory demons, took me away from, you know, God or, or spirit or deity or whatever, the universe, whatever term you want to use, they took me away from that. And they're like, haha. But in fact, they actually led me back to that infinitely, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because like, you know, if you look at the story from beginning to end there, it's like the not believing and then experimenting led me right back (laughs) to totally believing because there's no way that I couldn't believe after that personal experience. That, that kind of a process you describe from early Ouija board experiences to atheism, raving, to psychedelics, to uh, spiritual awakening, and, and now practicing of magic. I mean, that is uh, essentially a, the alchemical journey. And <laughs> it's the journey we repeat over and over, spiraling upward as we climb the serpent of wisdom. And But that, that is that journey. That, I'm, I'm literally tracing... <laughs> an infinity symbol on my table like i didn't even realize i was doing yeah like the part the part of atheism you describe reminds me a lot of the later on part that people often refer to as the dark night but the the dark night can be used colloquially or as a technical term in which case it's subdivided into two stages the dark night of the senses and then the spirit which happened years apart and one is short one is long pardon me Mm -hmm. but the thing that people usually mistake about that that process however it's referred to or whenever it's applied is that it's not actually a bad thing it's not a like just like that journey through atheism was not a bad thing because without seeing that that stage of being then the awakening wouldn't have meant much right the transformation might not have been there it was yeah it's i'm it happened just so when we go through the aridity for example of the dark night of the senses as saint john of the cross would describe it like that 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 pure aridity or emptiness of not feeling connected or feeling the yummy juicy fulfillment of doing your spiritual practice anymore which is what happens on the dark night of the senses that is not a, a curse that is not a hard time that is a blessing that you had to earn you had to work to get to that stage where you'd be allowed to cross that desert to the next, to the higher plateau. And, you know, that's what it sounds like, you know, you went through on, on, a, on, a, okay. on another well, stage. There, well, so that perfect segue into my story that I was going to go into earlier about like both and meeting him. Oh, Wunderbar. 
yo, like that's for real. Um, yeah, like changed my life. Like really, uh, <laughs> I get my serious voice on when I start thinking about it. Um, and so this is after, so I, I mentioned to you earlier before we started recording about the 22 teachings, right? And Yeah, that school seems to be in raising awareness and doing a decent job, whatever Absolutely. they do. Well, and I so, support their like, stuff and share all their stuff and let people know that really, It was really, I really needed it. Like it came into my life just when I was like, I need some direction. I need some help because I've been doing this all on my own and I need I need something like I need some outside assistance. And then like, this sounds messed up, but COVID happened and they put all their stuff online mm-hmm. and I finally had some free time to do it. And I was like, Oh my God, like this is, <laughs> this is like divine timing for me personally, like this, I'm not, and don't take me the wrong way when I say that, you know, like it's a horrible thing, but I was like, wow, like cool, this worked out that I can finally participate in something that my soul has been desperately searching for. Um, so they did this weekend of like, um, like a, an actual magical initiation with their particular school. And so like, I, I took that and, um, and so like, I then, I can't remember exactly how long it was between when I, I did that, that initiation with them and then took acid. It's probably a month or two, I believe maybe a month. Um, but I did, I took acid like a month after that. And so what happened was, Oh my God, it's such a, it's such a journey. Like you're talking about the, the desert, right? Like that's such, it's, yeah, it's exactly uh, what I feel like I under, it's literally the process of death and rebirth, right? So that night I feel like I, um, well, okay, to preface, I had eaten meat the like earlier in the day, like red meat. So I spent like an hour throwing up, which is not common for me, like on, especially acid. Like that's not like mushrooms, maybe yeah. that's yeah. Cool. But for acid, I never throw up. Like I'm never nauseous. So I spent like an hour just like throwing up this red meat and I had like a really visceral experience where I felt like I was, I like thanked the the cow for having like um, given its life for me to be able to like have sustenance. It was like this weirdly intimate moment <laughs> where I'm like, thank you, cow. Bleh. Like, yeah, anyways, but so that happened and I just kept throwing up and I was like, wow, like what is happening? This is not a normal trip for me at all. And then I kind of like came out of it. Um, and I showered, like, I felt like I just needed to like get clean. Like I just felt like, bleh, like gross. So I showered and I'm like looking at myself in the eyes And I felt like I finally saw myself for the first time, which it's hard. Like me just putting that into words does not describe the feeling of that actually happening. But I felt like I really saw myself. Like I was really encountering me and not just like Maddie, like the meat suit, but like underneath the meat suit. Right. So I have that. And I I like felt like this moment of just like pure love with myself. Like I'm like making like spiritual love to myself in the mirror. (laughs) Um, very, a very intimate moment with myself. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh God, I don't feel good again. Like something's happening. Like something's changing in the trip. The energy's changing. So then I, I'm somehow make my way to the living room and I'm, I'm like, I start, I lay on the ground and I'm like writhing on the ground all of a sudden, like I have never felt this intensity of pain before. Um, and I've, I've actually like died before I've like had a near death experience. And like, this was nowhere near as painful as this acid trip where I'm on the floor, just like, oh my God, like just, just horrendous. And I remember thinking about like all of the training that I've done, all the magical stuff I've engaged in, all the meditations. There was this one meditation that told me to like lean into the river 
to like just trust mm. oh, beautiful. You know, like when you're swimming and you you i'm yeah. sure when you're first learning to swim and somebody tells you to lean back you're like you're crazy i'm gonna drown but the meditation mm. is like oh you just gotta trust you gotta lean into the river so yeah. i had that moment of remembering that and i was like okay lean into this 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 will pass you know i'm thinking back to that trip i told you about where i thought i was dying and i was fine so i'm like hey just trust this is happening you gotta trust it you gotta go with it like trust the universe dude like what have you learned this is the main thing you've learned is trust your gut trust your intuition trust that this is happening for a purpose so i'm like leaning into this it's horrifically painful still but i'm like i know it'll end eventually and so there's this moment of like it's like i can only describe it as like crossing over like i <laughs> so i told you I, i've died right and yeah. it was that same place that i went to but it was more profound my experience of it if that makes sense i think i must have only come close to dying before um, because when that happened, I encountered that same higher self voice and it was like, you know, time to go back. You're not, you're not ready for this, but mm. here's a sneak peek or whatever, like <laughs> here's your preview. Um, but so it sent me back, but this was like, I got to go full in. And to me, it was like this pure experience of light. And I was, however, told that I couldn't remember any other details. I just had to be gifted the knowing, the knowing of this experience. Like I couldn't, there is no details to be remembered. And part of the process of being a human is the forgetting of those particular details. Otherwise it would be overwhelming to the senses and you wouldn't be able to like exist as a person, <laughs> I guess. So I experienced this crossing over in this being in the light and this, yeah, just like being one with the light. And then when I come back, I'm like crying, like I'm bawling, like this is the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced like and when you do acid there is that general feeling of like that pure love right like that that two yeah. of cups in the have you do you know are you familiar with the thoth deck the two of cups yeah of course yeah so that particular image is very much what I feel like acid is like to me like that pure love that pure like that beautiful just and even the colors it really seems to do it for me like <laughs> it's very yeah, much I love the thoth deck uh when I do full deck readings I often use that for people um yeah. for path working and magical work i use the major arcana from the regardi wang deck and uh yeah and when i first started doing readings i used the rider weight of course right that's super interesting i tried to do the rider weight and i was like there's something missing here like i'm not getting as much information as i think yeah what people but... need to check out is the new lecture that got released about that deck and how that deck was actually mostly designed and influenced by wb8 Oh, interesting. Yeah, it should really be called the Yates Coleman Smith deck. That's super interesting. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, um, I've got it on a playlist on YouTube. It's a lecture that was done in the 80s, but not released till uh, January 2020 on to publicly for the first time. And uh, I think it's by Adam, by McLean, Adam McLean. And uh, yeah, these Golden Dawn lectures that were he had never released from his archives from the 80s and they're out. And the one that Roger Parasus, who is the secretary for the uh, Theosophical Society of Ireland and the archivist for the Yates estate, um, yeah, revealed some amazing stuff in the 30-minute lecture. And uh, uh, yeah, I've chatted with some people about it because it changes a lot of stuff that we previously thought. Cool. I'm super, yeah, I'm stoked to learn that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out at some point. It's going to take a while till we... I think we understand all the ramifications of it, but it explains why the tool, the magical tools on the magician card 
are different than the Golden Dawn ones. Yates based those had those tools based on the magical gems or weapons of the Irish mystical tradition of the of the four province kingdoms of Ireland, and uh, that's why you have the cauldron and the stone and the staff and and the sword. And now a word from our sponsors. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or $6 a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Yeah. But I've kind of been called to. I actually think it might have been your and, interview that I saw that. Game, yeah, that yeah, I talk that. about it a lot. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because because uh, ten years later, um, uh, Tabby Cicero gave a lecture, and and at the time identified what, to the best of our knowledge, was the origin of the mythical cycle that the deck was based on, and we all believed it was based on the Parseval myths uh, from the German <laughs> Wolfram von Eschenbach. Mm. But this new information shows that. 
Um, it was based on the Welsh uh, Grail cycle mysteries, and that's fascinating. And there's apparently some, uh, yeah. Well, you'll have to check it out. Everyone should I be absolutely. To it. You know, what? it's funny too because before even these stories that I'm telling you, is I had a meditation that kept telling me the name Percival, and I like didn't, I wasn't familiar with that like mythology. Like I didn't know. And yeah, so it's fascinating. And I was like, what is this name? Like, what is this? So it wound up being like a really, um, really beautiful story that kind of related to me to my entire journey, like magically and just as a human being, I guess. But um, yeah. It's, that story is a big deal. And, it, and anyone who hasn't read the, the Wolfram von Eschenbach version, the English translation is quite lovely, actually, that you can find. And it's a it's a beautiful story. In, in, in Walder School, they make you take a, a whole four-week course on it in grade 11, where you do oh, cool. all that's all you study for two hours every single morning it's that sounds a, like awesome to be forced to do when you're a kid you totally want to do that right yeah you know well <laughs> you can't just do yoga and fencing all day <laughs> so different from the schooling experience yeah. that sounds beautiful it sounds wonderful i'm happy that you got to experience that mine was like being yelled at a music teacher so that i don't i didn't get to learn music until oh they the music teachers hated me they actually said i had no musical talent whatsoever and excused me from orchestra that's super um, not my, my... It's super not cool but hey even waldorf's not perfect or necessarily <laughs> consistent yeah and they also thought i was really bad at languages uh so i didn't really they like yeah it was it was crazy because you know like fast forward 10 years i'm you know functional in seven languages and playing music professionally so don't listen necessarily and believe what your teachers say is true they don't they don't know you they don't know you they don't know shit especially if it's a french teacher who just sucks at teaching oh my god you don't even know i was oh i do know I was in French immersion until grade 11. And I was like, why are you all such terrible teachers? Yeah. Bye. I'm going to English now. So long. Yeah. Wow. So learning, knowing a language doesn't equate with knowing how to teach it or pedagogy in general. Um, but it's, it's, it, that's the Canadian way we know. And it's, it's the same in Ireland with the Irish language. They're just like often really brutal teachers and the, the, the kids relationship to, to Irish Gaelic is the same relationship we have to French. It's like piss poor. I went to the store and I bought some milk. <laughs> I went home. My mother was happy. <laughs> so I'm you. just thinking about how like, like these days I'll tell someone, I'm like, yeah, I can, I can speak French. They're like, oh, wow. It's such a beautiful language. And I was like, I can't speak it that well. Like don't, Jay, don't get excited about it. <laughs> les, les un, un biblio. And in Ireland, they're like, Tame Galgaji and Shapa. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, we had good German teachers, though. So that was good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad. I'm sure yeah, that it's a great time. It's a great time. It's so, it's so useful in this day and age to be a white man who speaks German. <laughs> Oh my yeah. god. It's it's just very it's very it's very timely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't get to finish this part of my story about about uh thought too in this in, like the, I'm I'm excited. The death and rebirth, the whole it's like a big deal for Tell me, me all about it. <laughs> um so I I come back from this and I'm like bawling. This is a really good segue, right? Like <laughs> perfect, brilliant, right. So uh, I'm bawling and I'm, I'm crying and I'm like, am I supposed to like just give away the secrets of the universe right now? Is that what I'm doing? I guess that's what's mm -hmm. up. 
So I, <laughs> I'm crying and I'm like, I'm, I'm God. Like, that's what's happening. Like I, I'm free. Like I, um, I'm playing the game with myself. Like this is, this is all me um, choosing what to experience and how to experience it. And like, I'm God and I get to choose. And yeah, like that, I just kept repeating this to myself. Like I was just in total, it's almost like I'm thinking of like, like when something really traumatic ha- happens and someone's like in shock and all they can do is like repeat the same, <laughs> the same like five things to themselves. Like I'm shaking, I'm crying and bawling like this whole, I literally do feel like I was rebirthed. Like that's what it felt like happened. Um, and then, so after this though, I'm like, I need to calm down. Like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm, this is, I like, I couldn't even process what just happened. Like, I'm trying to kind of come down from this. Mm. And so I started listening to this. Um, and this is funny too. This, there's this, this, um, I guess, channeler, you could call him. Um, I don't really recommend a whole lot of people's work, but I really liked this guy's, this, this guy's meditations, his channeled meditations. And at the time too, I'm still, after all this, I'm still fucking skeptical where he claims to channel Metatron and Thoth, right? And I'm like, well... I don't know how I feel about that, but the information is fucking awesome. So I'm going to listen to him right now. Cause I need to like come down from this. And like, I just need to be grounded right now. And he focuses a lot on like grounding in his meditations. His name is Tom Jacobs. He does like astrology and, and um, uh, evolutionary astrology. So he kind of like tends to take the focus of like looking at your soul's journey when he's looking into astrology and like your natal chart. So I'm listening to one of his meditations and he again claims to channel like both. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to this to like calm down and get grounded. So, you know, this is playing and I'm listening to it. I'm starting to come down a little bit, like I'm kind of process existing as a person again. (laughs) And so I get this like irresistible urge though. Like I just felt like I had to do this. Um, I had bought like espresso the week before, which I never buy. Like it, I mean, these days I do ever since this happened, but before then I like never bought this espresso. It was like super expensive, you know, for my French press. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to treat myself. Right. And so I just got this urge to like make this espresso. Right. And so, um, I make this espresso and again, like we're on a podcast, so it's like unfortunate that I can't show this picture to you right now. I'll I'll send it to your way later. But basically I was like, I need to take a picture of this. Like this is the most beautiful espresso I've ever seen. And in this espresso, you know, I, t- I take this picture and I was like, I had the thought of, I'll need to look at this later. I'll, I know I'll see something in this later that I'm not seeing right now. And so I showed it to somebody the next day and like, I shit you not. And again, this doesn't, this doesn't translate very well over podcast, but <laughs> um, there is a fucking picture of like thought, like the, the, the image of his, like the shape of his head and like the beak, the ibis beak. It's like in this espresso. And there's like a ball and he's like, he's like looking at me. Right. Um, you saw cloth in your espresso foam for real. This is, <laughs> this is like the most acid story. This is this like, is not what I was expecting, but I this love is it. what happens when magicians do acid. Okay. I'm telling you right now, it was fucking beautiful though. And it makes me laugh because I've like cultivated a personal relationship with him like now. And he fucking loves like, to me, at least like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk for everyone, but like, to me, my experience of him is he fucking loves espresso and like dark, uh, like black co- or pe- black tea. Sorry. He loves that. Like, that's like, that's his jam. Like he was stoked on existing. Like he, and he was fucking there, dude. Like he was, yeah. It was- <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Thoughts are very electric um, kind of energy. So I could see thoughts liking <laughs> the influence when people get all hyper and jittery and 
that's very, very much in sync with my experience of, of thoughts. It's funny too, because I drew like a, or I didn't draw, I painted a picture of him like for my altar. And like, I, there, it, he wanted his hand like out, right? And I was like, well, what do you want me to like have you holding? And he was like, I want you to draw a cup of coffee. And I was like, you motherfucker. Like, <laughs> just like yeah. I don't know. We have a very, like, I'm, I feel very close with him. Like, it's a very kind of like, I don't know, like kinship. Like, we joke around a lot, like stuff like that. So that was my experience with, but that was the first time. Oh, I, like, it's a funny, funny monkey for real well and to me it's like I always associate him with like the logos right so like God in general and then I think of like well like the universe or God or whatever like created humor so he's like all on board yeah well I like that that idea goes really well with like sort of the Deridian analysis of of logos as and and words in and their meaning in their very structure of how words have meaning is a kind of bottomless chessboard of interpretations which yeah. is true. It makes sense that the logos is not this static thing. And like when you go into those psychedelic realms or into astral space, images fluctuate and move quite easily, as we know from scrying even. And guess what? It's the exact same thing on DMT or in astral space. The, the, these images just fluctuate and are constantly moving. Any kind, any sense of unification is a unification of multiplicity and, and effervescent changeability and and it's like almost like the the form itself is defined by change <laughs> i love that you said that wow that's epic like the last dmt trip i had you want to hear this, this is mm. exactly what you just said you have to so, this is like semi-recent too so <laughs> Wonderbar. straight up i'm like i so i do it and all of a sudden um, this is, this sounds, so, I sound like I'm joking when I, like, I've tried to tell this to people and I'm like, I know I sound like I'm being funny, but I'm not like, this is what happened. So I'm like vibing, like I am being vibrated. Like I am, I like, I've never had a literal seizure, but I imagine like that sort of shape, like that, it was the most intense <laughs> vibration that I've ever experienced. So I'm vibing literally, like I'm, I'm being vibrated. And then all of a sudden there's this voice that's like, I wish you to cease experiencing form. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I guess that's what's happening right now. Cool. Yeah. Let's do it. So then I'm being vibrated like harder and harder. <laughs> it's like almost as though it was like testing my boundaries of like how hard I as like a physical being could be vibrated until I cease to experience form. Um, so yeah, I'm like being vibrant and it just keeps getting like stronger and stronger and stronger until I, I guess it's like a breakthrough. And then all of a sudden I was like almost like a puddle of energy, um, along with everything else. Like everything else was also a puddle. It almost reminds me if you were like to do a paint pour and, you know, you can see where the different colors are, but it all looks like one thing. Um, that's, that's kind of what happened to me with that last trip. So that was I also I actually funny enough I also met um what I thought was like Mercury in that trip too which was interesting and I remember him being like telling me that he was rather fond of me and I thought that was quite <laughs> <laughs> I like that I like that because I'm rather fond of that energy as well like that's kind of my main guiding force in my own like spiritual practice I think so I think that's because as magicians we the, they're they are these patrons of magic right because it is the it is the mercury element of the three principles of nature that is the most um, like sort of that is that dissolves the the others right um, 
and so it's that dissolution of the mercurial and that ecstatic sort of element that that we enter into when we are raising things to a higher vibration to to change them or tweak them so that they manifest differently see so i like when somebody like you who's better at (laughs) articulating certain things is able to like hear my like anecdotal experience and then kind of like add that <laughs> that, that makes sense. Depth what I'm saying because a lot of what I, what I like kind of what I was getting at earlier when you were first asking like oh what books and it's like well it's more about my personal experiences that kind of blow my mind like Amen. it's not so much like the things that I've read in the books it's like holy shit like this happened to me and it totally <laughs> changed the way I engage with reality itself um like even for me so I know earlier I heard you say that you were kind of more into like thaumaturgical stuff right well I would no, say that- I just I just do too much of it to give it up <laughs> you know gotcha so like for me though like I focus very little on that aspect of things like for me it's much more like I really want to keep continue to experience this like gnosis you know like that to me is like that's where the real juicy stuff is like that's cool I want more of that well see it's a question of like what's actually going on when when say when I invoke Thoth to clear uh avenues so I can achieve greater understanding you know am I am i is it thaumaturgy or theurgy or am i maybe interacting with both cycles both of those loops of that infinity circle you were talking about as that serpent weaves and winds up and down like that is the cycle of our natural breath and breath is the evidence of life and and it's the function whereof magic works so it's like you know bringing down thought to clear pathways to understanding is thaumaturgic but it's also theurgic in the sense that my increase of understanding is occurring through, you know, elevating myself up transcendentally and, and thus raising, you know, the, the fixed closed structures of my presuppositions and base understanding so that I can be open to new interpretations. I'm, I'm so happy that you just, the way that you worded all that was really wonderful. I appreciate that. That's, well, that's like, that's the whole concept between later sorry not between but (laughs) funny I say between fuck Freudian slip there but like um in regards to like my identification with the concept of middle hand path that's exactly what I'm getting at like that's to me so like when I first joined the online occult community you hear all this like ah left hand path or right hand path and I just remember that's like all I heard about initially um and I was like well yeah by people who haven't started walking yet right 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 and like, I don't want to like speak for people. Remember the whole point of the, 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 the I love, it can, it can be really well characterized by the common misunderstanding of the, the road that diverges in the yellow woods and you take the one less traveled by. Most people think the point of the, that poem is, is that you took the, the road less traveled. But the point of the poem is that it doesn't matter which path you take. Right right oh yeah most God. people it's yes. one of the most misunderstood poem, poems in 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 universe lit classes around the world for real so like when i've asked on psychedelics i'm like so what's the point like what am i doing and it, it's it's as simple as i get such simple answers that you go like there's no way that's the answer but like to me it's like to just be like you're just oh, yeah. be, like, to be that's it be and i'm like well, that seems that seems way too simple. Like, what do you mean just be, just take whatever path? But that is, that's totally being what's up. Hard. Like, <laughs> being is hard, especially since we're beings in motion. It's hard to just be while we're being in motion. But that's sort of the idea. I mean, that's why Martin Heidegger 
talked about the essence of the ontological self as being something that's not yet there because he talks about being as Dasein, the being that is yet to come, but the being that also retreats from us constantly because we pursue that which retreats. We're always ever chasing after that which we are. And that is how he defines almost uh, the metaphysical understanding of what our selfhood is. Is this something that is almost always becoming? Ever becoming. And yeah, that, that was that, doesn't that characterize the, the condition of the human quest for the divine self or God or salvation or whatever, however you want to define that journey? Like that, breaking you, down to an ontological just, level. You straight up just paraphrase. So like I actually wrote down what I wrote on that trip that I well, had. Heidegger was a smart guy for a for a Nazi. <laughs> That's I'm not even touching that. I'm not even touching that. Yo, but I actually wrote down all of this stuff that I like was talking about in that trip that I had where I was like, where I I don't know, is that crossing the abyss? To me, it was like that's what I did, but um, I mean, not within some technical I, nomenclatures, right. but but it's it's a it's it's something everyone understands what you're talking about, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's the one thing that's hard for me when I'm discussing things in the online communities is people get really stuck to their definitions. Yeah, they do. They they're crazy. Oh, like, got... What if this thing that happened to me was like just as important as any other thing that happened to anyone else in a structured framework, you know? Dude, I had someone on the Golden Dawn forum today telling me that I didn't know what I was talking about and that I should to understand Golden Dawn ritual work, I needed to like look at Lieber O by Alistair Crowley. I'm like, do you hear what you're saying? You're telling people in a Golden Dawn forum that to understand these rituals of the golden dawn they should look at alistair crowley someone who didn't even pass their fucking philosophers exam and didn't even get into portal and, and then have a history be fair though like i just want to say i just want to say that i don't always think that it's the most important thing to like fall i don't know see it's hard i know you're gonna like my point is he, he didn't he doesn't like i'm not gonna take advice from a medical doctor who didn't get their degree <laughs> right 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 absolutely so if you're he looking might, he might have done some fabulous things on his own and he did and he's done a lot of he did a lot of remarkable things understanding the golden Dawn system was not one of them right totally like I get on a fundamental level he did not fundamentally so like can we can we briefly discuss that though because i feel like i relate to that energy in a way so hear me out because like for me I love the stuff that I read and like the books and like the golden dawn, just like, I mean, there's only so much I can get from not being literally in an order. Right. But from the peripheral stuff that I have taken in, I'm like, wow, this really resonates. Hello. Did I lose you? Uh Oh, I might've lost you. I'll pause. All right. I think we're, back we're back are you we're back yeah i'm back now well, yeah like he, yeah crowley didn't like what we were saying no he was like not on board he was like <laughs> i was this. like <laughs> was like cancel that's so weird i've literally never had that happen that's actually pretty funny yeah because you didn't vanish off the off the zoom screen you just silenced you were silenced that's so strange oh my gosh wow that's super funny i don't even know wow. what i was gonna say anyways of course crowley <laughs> silenced you he's a straight white male well no he wasn't a straight white male well he's a white male that's good enough <laughs> that's yeah. well we won't we won't go down that alley 
no where were we though we were talking about oh yeah yeah so yeah crowley did you know there's lots of reasons to love crowley we all know well so i guess like and i won't go into whatever i was going to go into before but all i was going to say is that it just seems funny to me that um i feel like what the point was was to free yourself from a system of dogma and then i see a lot of people these days that are like but we need to adhere to everything that was said. And I was like, but is that not, is that not like the test? Like, are you not supposed to not um, engage in dogma? Like, wasn't that kind of what was being preached with that? I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about it. I said the thing, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. like Thelema is what I'm getting at. It's like when people are like so dogmatic about Thelema and I was like, but well, he's trying to you to not be dogmatic. Like, what are you doing? In a way, they should be dogmatic about their religion. It's their religion. So adhere to the dogmas. That's cool. The problem is it's a magical religion and that religious dog, dogmatism can creep over into their magic, mm. right? And that's okay. where, you know, where some of them end up parting paths uh, where some of them go beyond it where some of them decide to, you know, dig in. Um, yeah, they make different choices. This is probably just like my my whole Gemini energy being really strong where I'm like, ah, rules, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult. For I me. try to be as, as understanding as I can because I like to encourage things that encourage magical study and development. And and a lot of, you know, a lot of my favorite magicians are or worth Thelemites. And so that's cool. You know, got more in common with them than I do with a lot of other people. Um, even though we might disagree on whether we should vibrate our own higher genius's name or Aleister Crowley's, right? Right. I don't, I'm not really right. into vibrating the divine name of someone else's higher self. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm definitely on board with that. I mean, sure. yeah. You that's know. even like, so that trip that so I have, some, that's some it's complicated. Trip. It's like that trip, but it's complicated my magic because to me, you know, I have some people that are like, well, are you invoking God? And so to have a trip where I have been told that like, I am, <laughs> that's where I come from, or that's what I am. You know what I'm saying? Like it makes some of the framework a little um, funny or like almost obtuse for me where even, oh, fuck. see, I'm getting, I'm getting a little out there right now, but <laughs> well, it's a very important part within uh, the, you know, the magical liturgies uh, within the, uh, magical sort of embodiments that we develop throughout even within one ritual work as we fluctuate between uh verses that declare that you know we have the power of god and command this or that and the verses where we declare that we're uh you know unworthy which some people cut out but i i like this stuff that fluctuates very solomonically between you know, I command thee by the name of the most high, duh, 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 duh. and then that's like, but I am no greater than dust and just a worm beneath thy feet. Oh, Lord, come and give me thy favor, you know, and then with the power of thy might, I shall smite all who disagree with what I want to do right now. Just come thou forth spirit and be subject unto me, for I am just a, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah, just worthless. Yeah, yeah. and that back and forth, it creates like a very powerful energy within the psychodrama of ritual that to me is very useful for enabling my own energies as well as attracting the spirits because they just go like, what the fuck is this dude doing? I don't know, but damn, is it yummy? Give me some of that slurp, slurp, slurp. And, and then you're like, cool, you showed up. Now let's see what you can do for me, motherfucker. I'm just 
casually like this dd like what are you on about like yeah. i have to show up because this is ridiculous what hey are you doing? whatever it takes to get you into my triangle <laughs> yeah there's there's your new dating pickup line <laughs> hey baby you want to come check out my triangle it's pretty big i could fit you in it that that reminds me don't cross the circle don't cross the circle (laughs) that actually reminds me of a story that um i i literally once used (laughs) ritual to get me laid is that something i can talk about yeah i think you have to now i i feel like this story out at this point this story makes me chuckle for real like this one makes me for sure it was one of the first times because like so this is the thing for me so having connected in that way through psychedelics sometimes I'm like why would I go to a specific spirit like what if I'm if I'm from source and I'm the magician and I can make the things happen like what but there was a part of me that was like well this is what I'm being told to do like through orders and whatever so I'm gonna try my best to like follow this curriculum and like connect right now so so I remember I connected I was trying to connect to the gnomes right that's like one of the first things that you would do right like yeah that that earth energy so I was like I'm gonna connect to the gnomes that's what's up right now (laughs) and to me like I like I don't actually have a lot of wants like I really kind of don't care like I'm here to experience being a human that's cool um the wants are like when I really need something I will totally I've done ritual it that happens but often I find that I'm so like I'm like I just trying to align what I'm doing with like my higher purpose anyways so it doesn't I don't I don't do a whole lot of like requesting things unless it's like I really need it right so but at this point so I just wanted to connect with the gnomes I was like all right gnomes like what's up like how let's (laughs) that's obviously not literally what happened but I was like so connecting with them and at the very end I remember being like I just I was just joking I was just like this is just funny to me and (laughs) so I was like also if you could help me get laid that's cool but like no big deal I don't actually need that but that's (laughs) want to help me you could but I won't I whatever it's whatever if that that's an extra right so I just wanted to connect with them that was what I really wanted but I did add that in just I don't know I'm just like that (laughs) so so I added that and then the next morning um I received a message on a dating app and this person was like I really like occult stuff and I was like that's really cool I (laughs) I'm really into that. Obviously I play it down when I'm talking to strangers, but I was like, yeah, I'm like really into that. So like, come on over. And wow, I can't believe I'm telling this story. Anyways, <laughs> so this person comes over and, um, and we're talking and we're like getting along and they start talking about a weird experience they had with like something that happened to them in a mine. I think this, this must've been actually in Canada, but they experienced some sort of terrifying spirit in a mine which like, it's not my story to tell really, but that totally piqued my interest initially. Cause I'm like, oh shit, we're talking about mind spirits. Like, oh my God. Um, which like, you know, mind earth, right. My brain already went there. And then all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden they're like, have you seen hellier? And I was like, oh, well, that's the thing that everyone's talking about. Have you seen hellier? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say yeah, that? Yeah. I think I almost finished the first season of that. Um, and I actually it's reached long. out to them, but they didn't reply to do it. It's so long. Why wanted, is it so long? I wanted <laughs> to have them on a on a on a round table to do with like ghosts and paranormal, but we'll see. Yo, I'm I'm I'll I will like put some intention behind that because that would be cool. I'd be down to see that. So I anyways, I <laughs> had this person over and they're like, have you heard of Hellier? And I was like, I actually hadn't at the time. I was like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. 
Um, so they were like, yeah, let's like put that on. And like, you know, that series, they're literally talking. I mean, they're not, they don't say gnomes, but it's like these weird, like earth spirits, like these weird, like, I know. Right. It was close enough to me where when I did eventually get laid, I was like, Hmm, that is an interesting (laughs) synchronicity. I don't know if that's a thing for people, but for me, when like I do something and I actually do ask for something and it happens for some reason, every single time I'm like, I can't believe that happened. Like, (laughs) yeah. Oh, cool. It did actually happen. Like that's a for real thing. Like (laughs) magic's for real. It is for real. It for real happens. And every time I'm like delightfully surprised by it and I'm still happy about that to this day. So (laughs) yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm not sure um, <laughs> how to segue from that. So, so what are what sort of rituals have you been doing? Well, so this is kind of funny too because I just so like I I run um, like my own little online magic group because I I think I kind of mentioned earlier where I really needed a place to just really express myself and not feel um like stifled from expressing anecdotal experiences because I find that some groups like you have like the one side of like (laughs) like chaos magic groups where it's like too chaotic for me and then you have the other side where it's like a little bit too stickler you know like some of the more traditional groups so I like started my own because I was like I just need a place to just I just didn't want to keep shouting like a crazy person on my personal profile (laughs) so I was like I need a space to to like be myself um and so, uh, sorry, you were asking about like rituals, right? Like which rituals? Yeah. Where I was I'm always from. curious about people's uh, beginning experiences with these rituals. Right. I'm trying to remember why I was saying, um, why I was explaining like that, that place to express myself properly. I suppose to me, it was, it all really stemmed from like that, that initial just curiosity. And like, again, like I kind of mentioned earlier, like I don't love to, um, that's not that I don't love to. It's like, I just don't, I feel like the more that I kind of aligned with, like, I almost want to say that I lean towards like that, that theurgy, right? Like that alignment with the divine, mm. because to me, like, I just, the more that I did that, the less that I felt the need to ask for things because things would just kind of happen for me. And yeah. I didn't need to like, I didn't need to make a big thing out of it. So, and that's why even, so like my, that ritual that I just described, like that would, to me was just, I just want to connect with you. Like, I just want a genuine connection. Like the connection has nothing to do with really needing anything. The end was, it was just me being funny. I'm just kind of like that. I'm just like a very easygoing, funny person. Right. But I, it wasn't like a, like I needed to make a pact with them to have this happen. Like that wasn't what that was. That was me just being silly. Right. But um, yeah, like the more, the more, it's so hard too, like that, like those acid experiences to me, that that's ritualistic in its own way. Like that connection with the divine was more important to me than me trying to ask for like, <laughs> to ask some gnomes to get laid. Like that's not, <laughs> like that was just an experiment to me, right? Hey, at least it and worked. So it, I, I, for some reason I am very surprised every time. If you want to like, get laid, you may as well ask the fairies. Let's be honest. The fair. Oh my God. Are, I don't know. That seems extra risky. That seems well, that's extra- what gnomes are. Fairies. Are they fairies? Are they, I thought oh was- yeah. Gnomes is are that, fairies. Is that- all are of they- the, the gnomes, undying salamanders, sylphs, they're all fairies. They're all part of the fairy kingdom. And honestly, 
it's it's debatable how what the difference is between those fairy kingdoms and though like for example the enochian elemental kingdoms or the watchtowers like are those angels totally different from the fairies or are they maybe not like, well and are they maybe different a term from... we've applied to them i'm are not i'm not sold Taylor? that they're necessarily different right and like to me are they different from like the archangels or like the other angels that we because like to me so so i'll I'll like i'll just explain that like for me i haven't done a whole lot of work with demons like that's not because of i explained like my ouija board stuff i was like nah i think i'm good i think i'm okay on like i don't (laughs) i don't know how much i feel like fostering a relationship with you at this very moment i still have some things to work through with that right so to me i i and you know that's not true. I was curious, but I had a friend that reached out to me that's like pretty intuitive, and she was like, "Please don't, just please, just just try working with angels first. And I was like, "All right, I'll yeah. do that." Like my so- teacher said to me, he said, "Always look up before you look down." And I can tell you, like, it's a lot more. I I enjoy working with um, unclean spirits or chthonic spirits more when I'm in that place of 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 centeredness or divinity yes. where. I don't feel like even the slight bit concerned about being shaken at all. Totally. But but at the same time, like you know, if if you do need to go through certain changes, uh, like I don't think Lon's totally wrong when he says that evocations are similar to causing kinds of uh, breakdowns within yourself. He describes them as full on causing nervous breakdowns in yourself, but I think that airs a little bit too much into the psychological landscape, whereas you don't want to completely break yourself down when you've got this entity you're calling to you that is capable of causing real physical disturbances and damage in you to you or your life if you're not careful totally like you know like yeah well that's why i wanted to ground it in working with angels first because i was like i just got the feeling that it would help me to feel more like the magician like you were the one that's in control of your sphere and so i wouldn't need to be concerned about that stuff but at the time i was still like damaged (laughs) from that initial like demon stuff right but it's funny because a lot of the work that i do actually i didn't even share this yet but a lot of what i do is astral like it's in the dream world but it's like intense like i'm being schooled in the astral and so there was a lot of stuff that was happening at the beginning of my journey where it was like okay well you need to deal with this fear of demons or whatever right because i obviously had that and so i would dream a lot about demons showing up at a certain point in in my development and it got, I don't even know exactly what the exact steps were, but it got to a point where they would show up and I'd be like, no, like, I'm not dealing with you. Like, get out of here. And for some reason, like my lack of fear at that point seemed to like put me in the driver's seat. And it was like, they no longer, it was like, they were like, oh, that's not fun anymore. Like, I can't mess with you because you're not scared anymore. You know, yeah. um, there was like a number of dreams like that, even dreams where I like was meeting. So here's one where I met, um, or I went to hell supposedly right and so there are demons there guarding the gate not guarding even they were just kind of hanging out they were at the gates of hell and I was like hey like where's Satan like what's going on <laughs> like what, what's can I just go in here and they're like yeah like why don't, why don't you go see for yourself like, my kind of dream right they were like what's up like go check it out go look and I was like all right I guess I will do that and so like when I went in um there was like a lot of stuff about there was police there there was armed police um there was like there was like a treasury of like ancient treasures that I could have helped myself to had I wanted to there was like an entire drug lab in this 
um, <laughs> that I could have helped myself to, which by the way, when I looked for certain things, anything that I, I went to look for was empty magically. It was, <laughs> that was the only thing they were out of. Mm. um so but this dream basically at the end of it I realized that like hell was a state of consciousness like I was choosing that you know to choose to engage in those behaviors that would bring about these results that were like not satisfying to me um and that there was like no literal satan like it was like it was like that's what everyone tells you but no it's like it was a choice it was a decision to be in a state of mind that brought about a living hell for me you know so that's what I'm saying like when a lot of my work seems to be very like astral like I'm told these things on the astral and it's like that was a lesson that I then brought into my day-to-day life to make decisions where I'm not landing myself in this like (laughs) this like hellscape right so um yeah but there was I think for me it's just curious curiosity like I'm I don't I don't need a lot of things. Like I don't, there was one time, like I asked help. <laughs> I hope my landlord doesn't hear this. I asked for help finding a place to live um, because I was pretty desperate at the time. And like, there was a situation, I'm not going to go into it, but there was a situation that I was like, I really need a place to live. Um, and when I showed up for like the interview for my place, I did a ritual to Archangel Uriel or Oriel, whatever you want to say. Um, Here, I'm glad you said that it's Oriel. Oriel is people, it? The reason people write Uriel is because the way the U-R would have been pronounced back then was more similar to mm-hmm. how the name is spelled, like in Hebrew, Oriel. But right. um, for some reason, people keep using the U spelling, even though they should correct that, in my opinion. Like, I, I know the Puritanist argument, but it's like both names are spelled the same in Hebrew, and it's, you know, it's, it's the, you know, God's light. It's Or. Right. right. And yes, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I think I must Resh, And that's how it's spelled. Yeah. So Uriel is Oriel. But if you think of it as instead of Uriel or Uriel, just say that you a bit differently, Oriel. Oriel. And that's yes. closer to the Oriel. Because in Hebrew, you would often sometimes just write the word light or as O R, Oriel. And you can see that more similar to the U R spelling of Uriel. That's quite cognate. And uh, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Um, well, it's, it's funny. There's, no, I like hearing that. I appreciate hearing that. I mean, either I don't exactly, I couldn't tell you at this very second how exactly I pronounced it, but he seemed fine with it yeah. <laughs> yeah. because like the result was that I got a really beautiful place. Um, and the guy didn't ask for my references. That's the part that makes me go like, Hmm, that's They're used to their names being said different ways. And imagine how the Enochian angels and all my experience with the Enochian angels and spirits is like, I really do get the sense that they their reactions to me are always, and I've used so many different pronunciation models and all this stuff, but their their reactions to me are always sort of this vibe that they just sort of hear us like talking like babies. It's like baby talk version of their <laughs> language. And I really do stand by that because that's the impression I get. They're just like, yeah, okay, yeah, we get it. Yeah, okay, that's, that's cute, okay you know exactly no that's so that's exactly spot on to how i experience especially with psychedelics like it's um very clumsy like they find it very clumsy and like like i think the language of the soul is either like feeling or just like that knowing that oh yeah (laughs) and it's almost like uh truth and honesty and like it's almost like virtues have currency in those levels like you know like qualities of your soul that you actually have developed that we barely have language for in this world. It's like, those are real things over there. 
Yo, I actually remember I, I had a meditation once and I was asking, I was like, how would you describe my soul? And I just want to share this word because it's like a really beautiful word. And if people aren't familiar, I feel like they should like go look up this word, but magnanimous was the word. Yeah, that I, yeah, and it just word. made me feel like just such like just serenity and like, yeah, like, yes, embody that, like any opportunity that you have to embody that. And this is the funny thing too, is me sharing all this stuff with you. Like I have people that are like, (laughs) um, they're like, well, you haven't been through an order or whatever, but I'm not sure. I'm not saying it's not necessary. That's not what I'm getting at. That's not what I'm getting at. But I've had some experiences that have been very profound. And sometimes some like natural initiations seem to be also just as profound as what you can experience through an order. So I just felt like. Yeah, you don't need to go to an order, but if any chance people have to work with cool people and learn some shit is (laughs) a good idea i'm on board with this i'm on right like i just i I, I just wanted to add to like the the conversation of like if you're a person listening and like you felt like oh but i don't know as much as somebody who's been through an order well sometimes things happen that also are like just as important to you and your personal development and your journey that didn't happen in an order so yeah 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 exactly that was just my personal message because I've been that person for a long time where I was like, oh, I haven't been in, an, well, I guess 22 teachings, you know, there's that, but it's not the same thing as being like full, like you said, like full-time in an order, like it's not quite the same thing, but that's not, I don't know. If you, if you are really like genuine in your soul, I feel like that stuff will happen for you. And that's there's important. no right way to necessarily do things or, or right order to do them in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I no pun intended. Right order to do the <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's like you know, there's there's magic all around, and going through different systems doesn't make someone's soul and spark of the divine any more or less than anyone else's. Obviously, um, it's just about yeah, learning and sharing and growing, and that that's it. I've just had some people that made me feel lesser than because they were like, well, did you follow X, Y, and Z in this grimoire? Yeah. Like, fuck your old book. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, dude, I encounter those people too. They try and make me feel lesser than and, and um, you know, they can't because I've been through too much, but it's adorable. Um, and, uh, you know, we should all try and be a bit more kind and, and open to each other and try and develop some sort of common ground and teamwork and all that because yeah we're all we're all sort of in this together as much as we're the only being in an abyss of darkness <laughs> hey, you know that we are it's it's one of my favorite lines from the initiation is i'm the only being in an abyss of darkness from an abyss of darkness came my fourth ere my birth from the silence of a primal sleep and the voice of ages said unto my soul you know I am he who formulates in darkness the light that shines in the darkness, but the darkness comprehends it not. It's just so funny because I feel like sometimes you have to be at a certain stage to be able to fully even like embrace all of that, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. A lot of people will get really stuck on the whole abyss part. And I was like, yeah, but there's like more after that. (laughs) Abyss part. Oh, people are like talking about crossing the abyss today. Like it's some sort of preparatory or initial stage. No, that doesn't happen anytime soon. And anyone think, that thinks it does happen anytime soon is misusing the term and what it describes. That's the hard thing about language, though, in general, especially. Yeah, in the, it's, in but the it's, technically, it's a technical term to describe a technical process that most people don't understand the preparatory stages of. 
but as 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 a term being to be appropriated for general spiritual experiences of certain definition yeah i get it but um yeah you'll use it differently once you actually do it mm -hmm. yeah but you know uh, descriptions and terms and categorizations can be used on different levels um like I said, the experience of that kind of going through an atheist purist period after really technically having been fully aware of the spirit world, you then rejected it and then came full circle through another means back to it again. That is very, uh, you know, it's very, very identical to that circulation that goes on in the first stage of the dark night, um, as described by St. John of the Cross. So yeah, it's, it's analogous in many ways, just happening on a different level and there's many different levels and crossing the abyss can happen technically many many times especially when you're working on a multi-treed system or if you're even working within the golden dawn system it's a it's a it's a technical uh practice that occurs um all the time when we do certain rituals like that's how certain rituals function by the adept temporarily bridging and crossing over the abyss to Ooh. enact certain, I'm, certain I'm ritual seeing, effects um like in like the image i'm sure you're familiar with it but the image of like the 3d um tree tree of life there but yeah. then like imagine that 3d tree and like the four worlds right like how many different layers are there and how oh, many I've ways done, of all of this i've done middle pillars in the vault of the adepti standing on the floor staring up the point of light in the center of the rose where I, and then doing middle pillar exercises going through all the four hierarchies starting in the top of keter <laughs> of the four yeah. worlds and then going through the full hierarchy in one world, doing the whole next world and bringing it down through every single sephirah of every single hierarchy. I mean, these are the things you do comfortably once you're at that point, because you know all the names, you know the process, you're very comfortable with complex visualizations and, 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 and ritual uh, sequences. So, so of course we push things to those massively crazy extremes, much, you know, not to mention like doing many hours of ritual work in astral space which is extremely challenging but yeah we do everyone does all that stuff um you just build up to it so that it's not like you're trying to lift the heaviest weight in the gym before you've even done a push-up because <laughs> that's when it doesn't work you're like yeah i tried to do a pull-up but i couldn't because like i've never like used my arms before i'm just i'm laughing so hard because i feel like that is why exactly would i use my arms when i have photoshop not that part but the first part is exactly I just, how i all like, my I'm profile pics like... are my head on logan paul's body <laughs> with beyonce's legs you have a head in your profile pictures no i don't have a head in real life i'm headless <laughs> i'm he who's clothed with the body of the flesh but in whom lives the spark of the immortal spirit <laughs> to quote another thing Oh my god <laughs> we should do this again sometime no i very much it's been very enjoyable i very much enjoyed yeah and uh you're my fellow british Columbian, so hopefully uh we'll we'll all get to hang out at the next time we can do some sort of vancouver style oh, event or so something excited. yeah yeah you're just a stone's throw away up the coca
it's absolutely yeah absolutely gonna happen I've been meaning to go there like the universe keeps screaming at me it's like please go back I'm like all right I'm getting to it like <laughs> well, well we'll we'll put together some sort of uh event the second it's legal I mean currently it's still illegal to go to anyone's houses or uh you know um share your thoughts on Twitter so thank you so much for having me here it was really yeah oh really my cool. god fascinating and and i love i love as everyone knows like you know that intersection between you know ritual work and psychedelics is a, a very fun place for me to spend my time i'm really ready to do more with that too like i it's a I, fascinating I, area that that we're only beginning to look at again after centuries of considering it the domain of the ignorant noble savages of of indigenous I, cultures pew, pew. Straight up convinced though that that's what the alchemists were actually up to like the like the Eleusinian mysteries like are you kidding me like they were doing they were doing psychedelics like come on like let's oh no no that's that's we know that that we know that actually I've talked with people on my podcast who like scholars who know enough to debate which ones like Thomas Hatzis was on my podcast yeah so like comment so Brian yeah Brian Murray rescue and his immortality key that just came out really terminates at at um infused wines being a part of the Eleusinian mysteries and he also ends his study in Greece even though he actually wrote to my buddy Chris Bennett and Chris sent him all his work before he wrote the immortality key and his Chris Bennett's work clearly shows this stuff goes back before Greece but Murray rescue for some reason ends at Greece and ends up with all these very stunted conclusions, which then Mirror Rescue and Bennett and Thomas Hatzis all hashed out together on Thomas Hatzis Psychedelic Historian YouTube. So they hashed that stuff out. Um, I was going to yeah. say that I kept getting messages about ambrosia. And I was like, is this, are we talking about like wine infused? Like, <laughs> is that yeah. what's going on here? Like that was a lot of my gnosis involved ambrosia. And I was like, what are you, like what? Yeah. So Murrah Rescue believes that it, it was mainly ergot for LSD that they were yes. using. But but Hatsis and, and Bennett both disagree with that. And Hatsis is pretty much, I think, put the nail in the coffin in that argument before Murrah Rescue's book really even came out. So. We don't know why he's ignoring this research and even failing to address it after reading it and communicating with those scholars to not address it at all, but to, but to reference it is crazy for an mm -hmm. academic work of any sort for any kind of book, especially a bestseller. But Tom's argument is really sound. Like ergot is, it's very hard to get the LSD from ergot and you can make mistakes and people can die. Why would they use that um, for example, in the Eleusinian Mysteries as their primary compound, pardon me one sec, when they had ready access and were already using opiate, opiates and, and uh, mm. other uh, wider range of like mandrake and all these other entheogens, including cannabis, why would they then work with primarily with the one that's so risky and, and most difficult to render? It doesn't really make sense more likely they like, would focus on opiate so like right. opium and cannabis or but opium it's, and it's like a else. different like that's just a different realm like if you were <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's just different. so to me if you were aiming for something very specific and you knew what you wanted to aim for then you would take the risk in my mind at least yes i mean the difficulty of it's another factor but the real the real truth of it is that 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 i think that they say is that look, there was these mysteries were going on for such a long period of time. They these things would have changed over time, and mm. they would have had different. Like you know, it wasn't a short period of time they were doing this stuff. So, 
you know it's like saying saying to a church what kind of wine do you use in the eucharist well over a period of 100 years or a thousand years they probably used a lot of different kinds right yeah absolutely not, not a perfect I, example but whatever no i get <laughs> it's 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 late i've been up since 6 a.m so yeah i'm proud <laughs> of myself for that. still being awake like yeah that. yeah well this is really a lot of fun yeah we'll have to do this again and uh hopefully you'll uh, make it to when we get something together happening in vancouver we're just yes. gonna try, and, try and get rufus opus up from seattle and and some other cool people who are uh, currently in the north pacific northwest that weren't before oh, yeah. maybe we can make some uh, some real stuff happen get a i feel like some crazy stuff could happen from that it would story. be nice it would be nice because it's been a shitty few years <laughs> but i don't have to tell you that Yo, no. Well, it's you know I'm making the best of it. I'm doing what I we all are. Alex, so <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Okay. Cool. Thank you Dude, so much. What for a having pleasure. Me. Yeah. And then where can people find you? Do you want to share your Facebook group oh, or any yeah, of that sort of great. stuff? I know I didn't really talk about that a whole bunch. Nah. Um, so it's like I'm, we I'm, don't I'm, want anyone to find us. It's where, why we why we live in the middle of fucking nowhere, and you live please. really in the middle of nowhere from one perspective please please don't acknowledge me no i'm just kidding people listeners um, if you think i'm talking to a human being that lives in a city incorrect false (laughs) false to quote dwight schrute she does not live in a city she lives in a hovel in a ground a little someone dug a dirt pit and put an ant colony in it and they called it Kelowna. And also, she's not a real person because she lives there. So I'm for real. Not. A I real hope you enjoy this actually, podcast with a fake no. human in a fake town in a fake shitty <laughs> province. <laughs> no, I straight up told. I actually went to hang out with somebody yesterday, and I accidentally, very loudly, was like, "I'm not a person," and I was like, "Shut oh up by yourself. You don't tell people that." So. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so like my group is called Arcane Awareness, Magic, Mysticism in the Middle Ham Path. Um, if you guys want to come join and hang out and talk about your um, your anecdotal experience, um, that would be really cool. Because that's the whole idea behind it was just to have like a community. Like I was kind of tired of the whole, like in some groups you have to, you know, approach it with like this whole, well, if I got to know all the rules and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I, you know, I just want to hear what happened. Like, tell me what you did and what happened. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss, let's have, let's create some bonds some friendships, you know, that was more important to me. So I yeah. will definitely stop by. I'll, I'll look for some good questions and, cool. and, and reply with actually Alistair Crowley said it's for real though like I I mostly like they really did start with me on my public profile with people that I knew in real life and I was obsessively posting about the stuff I was learning and I was like I look like a crazy person so I need a safe space to go where I can post yeah. all of this stuff yeah exactly so that's what's up. if you want a community where you can come join that that would be super cool so it sounds like a fun a fun club so I'll definitely <laughs> pop in and, and say hi arcane awareness on facebook everybody y'all heard it here and go hang out with uh, uh my favorite new ogopogo hunter from Kelowna. oh my god i'm i'm gonna cry now. i'm gonna go to that's going play. in the title of this episode excellent thank you i really yeah. are- you can make the order of the ogopogo the ooo <laughs> your your grade sign is a triple o face which is that's a double reference like got a little white spot vibe in there the triple o face you know you know what the official food sponsor of your order would be 
Excellent. All right. Well, friends off. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. Have a great night and uh, yeah. I'll see you on the flippity flop. You too. Awesome. Thanks for connecting. Peace. Bye. Okay. We're off. Yeah. That's good. That was excellent. Oh no, I didn't stop. Oh, motherfucker. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature, as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now. Hermetic Science Enterprises.co.uk